Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the rugby dungeon as we are every single Monday, 52 weeks of the year for over eight seasons now, halfway through our ninth season. Is it? I keep thinking it's tenth season. Are we in our tenth season or have we done... No, we're in our ninth season, in our so ninth, we've done eight. Ninth season, yeah. We started with September 2013. Correct. We're the longest running rugby podcast in the world and the only one that's there for you every single Monday which is uh, well some might say definition of Midas doing the same thing every week for nearly 10 years expecting <laughs> a different result <laughs> uh, well the only result we want is that you get your slice of rugby and uh, for that we thank you for listening and for supporting us as well by either hitting subscribe by leaving a, a five star review uh, that's one way without any effort you can uh, really help us and for those people that go above and beyond, we really appreciate you supporting us. Patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. And to all the correspondents that we get all the time uh, at, at contact egg chasers at gmail.com. How was your rugby weekend? Mm. Did you play rugby, JB? I did not. Talk H had a week off. Oh, the second team had a week off. I managed to weasel a game for Obedience, who offered me a game to play tight head prop. I was like, yeah, I'll do that. You're like a. A sort of mercenary. Oh, any game, anywhere. Have boots, will travel. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I finally found a game, but as I accepted that game, I was also dragged on to wedding duty, so I had to go to a wedding instead. Oh. Which was lovely, by the way. Really enjoyed that. <laughs> you but, seem you know, so happy about going to the wedding. Uh, it's not so much I was not happy about going to the wedding. The wedding was wonderful, obviously. But, you know, there's not many games of rugby I've got left, is there? So I've got to play every single one that I can get my grubby little mitts on. In the, in the shape that you're in at the moment, though, you're, the best, you're in the fire, best, best shape of your life. I'm basically like uh, late-stage Tom May, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> More like a young Tom Brady, I was thinking. Perfect. Well, yeah, I mean, 37 would be a young Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Very young. Speaking of which, let's... let's oh, have by the way, Tom Brady this, uh, this week, involved with Sale FC, it, yeah. apparently made an incredible try-saving tackle to down the Albion, which I'm obviously simultaneously overjoyed about and <laughs> devastated. mortified I am about. delighted to hear that Tom Brady's playing. Yep. Yeah, fantastic. And do you know who, who he was playing with? Uh, F- Nick Flynn? No. no. So there was uh, a <laughs> Fergus Malcrone who was playing for sale. Oh, okay. Yeah. And another big-time winger from back in the day. Uh, okay, hold on. Um, big-time winger. Nev. Never Edwards. Never Edwards. Guess wow. Never Edwards. Killing it. Yeah, they've got a really decent setup down at FC now. They are looking dangerous, very dangerous. Well, you know how much we love to support grassroots rugby, community rugby, rugby down the league pyramid, and you hear us talk about that on the podcast. Well, I, I mentioned something 
just before Christmas that we've got plans to try and take that to the next level. Well, I can actually reveal those plans now. Well, no, I can't reveal the whole plan. I can reveal the first part of our master plan. Mm. Oh, please. So uh, we will be broadcasting a rugby game via our Egg Chasers YouTube channel, and it will be the RAF as they warm up for the inter-services games. I'm looking forward to inter-services Against this year. National League one side Chinna on Wednesday, the 2nd of February. And there will be, an, uh, trust me, it will be an all-star cast of rugby faces and voices that you know well at a grassroots club doing a proper broadcast. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be streaming on a mobile phone. This is going to be proper. And I can't say much. And in fact, at this point, I can't say anything about... Go on, tell everyone everything. I can't say, <laughs> I can't say the long-term plan, but all I can say is we would love to do more like this at, at good levels of rugby. So if you, would, if you think you would like to see midweek games, games at different levels, well, that's all we're asking. This is how you can support us. Make a note in your, your calendar. I'll remind you next week. Wednesday, February the 2nd, tune into the Egg Chasers live stream, see something really different, really exciting, and get behind us, and, uh, and together we can, uh, we can push rugby on. Yeah, there are some really cool fixtures out there, and a series of fixtures. Inter-services are very, very cool. Yeah. So have you ever been? To, have you ever been anywhere? You don't even have to go into the game. Have you ever been anywhere near Twickenham on a on an army navy? Match, I feel that, yeah. No, I, I don't think I have. It is raucous. I can imagine. It's it would wild. Be. <laughs> I feel that going to the in service. Although I've been invited, I'm a little bit unsure whether to go or not because it does feel a little bit like that's their thing. Yeah, you're you're yeah. Almost trespassing. Yes, exactly. A bit of stolen valor. Yes, you, you do a podcast with uh, a guy who was head of. Is. Uh, is. Oh, is. Head is. of RAF Rugby. Yeah, Paul Godfrey. Yeah. Well, he's also uh, head of Space Command. That's UK, well, also that, true. That, UK Space I, Command. I, I'm pretty sure I know which one he's prouder of. I don't know which one he enjoys. In fact, he enjoys them both. That's what to say, actually. Maybe that's a, to- a toss-up. God is. Yes, indeed. So, so, yeah, so Wednesday the 2nd of February, I will remind you next week. Oh, but join us. So, talking of weird games, why will no one play the Fire Brigade? Do they have a team? <laughs> Do they have a team? I, I, see, I, I played for I played for the Fire Brigade. I, mm. I played the Met Police for Newbury back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So um, no one will play the local Fire Brigade at least. Is that because basically they they're spend, always on call? Nope. They spend eight hours a day in the gym, pretty much. You're getting closer to the reason. Very close to the reason now. And they. In the Fire Brigade, you have to retire. Is it 20 years service that you can do? Yeah. You can so have, there's like enforced retirement. They all there? have other jobs. So they're all younger. Yeah, well, they are all younger. They're all very fit. fit. And uh, Joel Tompkins has just signed up to, be, to become a fireman. Uh, on, oh, really? Basically on the condition that you have to play, to play rugby. I'm not sure if that last bit is true, but he is playing rugby for the Fire Brigade, as is his brother. Is it? Is he got, Sam. No, the other one. Yeah. Is, it, is there a Logan third. or something like that? Or? Is it, Logan? it might be. I'm yeah. sure there is a Logan Tompkins, but I don't think he's relation, a relation. But yeah, so they've got two Tompkins in the Fire Brigade, and they've got a third ex-rugby pro, and that's just locally. So God knows what they've got nationwide. <laughs> well, I've, I've not, never thought about... I've never seen a Fire Brigade team. I've never heard of one. I yeah, was, well, I played on a go. Wednesday afternoon once because a friend of mine, who wasn't actually my friend at the time, but a friend of mine asked me because they needed players, and I thought, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come along. We played the police. Filthy, mate. Absolutely filthy. The police. Oh, nobody does more illegal things on a field <laughs> than the police. But it's almost like 
It's almost like they're not scared of getting caught. <laughs> 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 so uh, on this we're obviously going to talk about the European rugby the other stories that are bubbling away um, a little bit more grassroots local stuff but actually let's just start with the England squad because I know it's a, a little while ago now and there have been some developments across the weekend across the last couple of days so Phil bring us up to speed on top of, and build on top of Eddie's original announcement well yeah so on top of the original announcement um, the rumour is I don't, I've been looking to see if it's been officially confirmed by England but the rumour is that Owen Farrell's injury is fairly significant and George Ford is going to be brought into the squad which actually is interesting because it's not a like for like replacement in my head as the squad stacked up yeah. because Farrell would be the first choice 12 mm-hmm. and Ford is not a 12 and mm. neither is Marcus Smith so um, However, I guess it is a like-for-like replacement in the sense that it just demonstrates that Orlando Bailey was just an apprentice player, not not a. Pro- I mean, he is a squad member, but he was there really. If there was an injury, he's not going to suddenly appear on the bench. I disagree with you wholeheartedly on this. So I think Eddie's shown when, if you're an apprentice, it will, he'll say you're an apprentice, and if you're in the wider squad, I mean, this is the wider squad, isn't it? It's the actual squad now. It's it's badged as the training squad, right? Okay, so in that case, yeah, you are right. Then he might not. He might not feature. But if you're in Eddie's squads, it seems to be he doesn't go back on himself. Like Bevan Rod Bevan got Rod, a yeah. Uh, yeah. Dolly. Furbank. Yeah, the one. Furbank got thrown in at 10. So, yeah, Dolly's a good example. If he takes you, he'll use you. I think, yeah. you know, everyone is there for a good reason. So we'll see what the wider squad looks like. On, uh, on Bailey, sorry. Yeah, no, go on. I was going to say, on, on Orlando Bailey, Eddie Jones actually specifically mentioned this in his press conference, that... One thing he likes about Orlando Bailey is his ability to play multiple positions. And actually one of the things that you can see in the squad is he's got a lot of players, not all players, but a lot of players, particularly across the back line, who can play in multiple positions. So Orlando Bailey, he's specifically referenced as being able to play 15. You've then got um, Luke Northmore, and who's come in, and Joe Marchant, who can play centre and wing in the same mm. way that Jack Knoll can say, play centre and wing. Max Malins can play right across the back line. George Furbank has played across the back line for England. Tommy Freeman, he references as wing and fullback. Freddie Stewart, wing and fullback. I don't, yeah. Wing and fullback can do one. Quite Australian in the type of player that Eddie's picking up then. Yeah, it is. And he he specifically references um, World Cup, where you've got to have a reduced squad, so you need some flexibility within it. And he also, in, in that same vein, he referenced Oli Chesham because he is another one like, well, he references him um, alongside Courtney Laws, someone who can play lock or six. Or eight, as he has for Leicester. Which is the same as other guys he's had in the squad. Like he's had Brad Shields, he's had George Ted Martin. Hill, George Martin. Yeah, all of those boys. So you can see, I think there's guys coming in so he can have a good look at them. Before, like Oli Chesham, like those other ones have been in previous, like Orlando Bailey. And if if they meet Eddie's standards, which are high standards, you'll see them repeated. If they fall below those high standards, they might not come back in. So I, I know I said this before the squad announcement. I didn't expect him to go into the squad. Yeah. I do like Oli You Chesham. have been talking Oli Chesham yeah. do quite like a lot lately. He's massive. He is. Powerful. He, big strong boy. Yeah, he is a big strong boy. I mean, what more do you need to know? He's massive and far- powerful. That's it. That's so it. Just, just before we go on anymore, there's one thing I completely forgot. Um, uh, listener of the podcast and um, rugby savant 
Nick Mullins sends his regards and asked <laughs> and asked what was the name of the beer that we had uh, in the episode before Christmas because um, <laughs> he found himself thinking, oh, I could I could quite go for a was well, it like a milk no no no, no. Or something? don't we don't tell him if he wants to have a beer he can come up here <laughs> and have one in the studio with us definitely I'll, I'll get some something specially um, I, yeah. I I will I will tag it um, I will mention it now just because it's one of my favourite breweries and they they do a very good job so overtone which is a Glasgow-based brewery, any any of their um, hazy IPAs, their Nipas, their Deepers, or their Teepers, um, of which my favourite, which I think is out of production at the moment, is called Last Bus Tayoka. Because you mentioned it. I think, I think it, I actually think, so I mentioned it about three months ago. After that, it sold out the week, I tried to buy some the week after that, I, I was foolishly, I Moving mentioned the on the off. podcast. Put yourself out first, Phil. I know. <laughs> Why don't you do it's this? Like, it's like when you're in a plane, you put your mask on before exactly. the child next to you. <laughs> right, I've got a scheme. Why don't we find a small brewery somewhere, which doesn't have much production capacity, buy up all of their stock of a certain thing, mention it in the podcast, now you're and then talking. sell it on the secondary market for, you know, a tiny, a small uplift. A massive uplift. Seven yeah. Brothers is a brewery in... Uh, in Trafford Park in Manchester that, that I delicious. Think we've chatted to before and they do some good beers oh, mm. their, their beers are absolutely delicious but I have a criticism which is everything seems to taste the same they're not I don't mean their beers I mean the more mainstream these beers get the more they taste like actually nice so well, that, that is a is, you, is want, a you want a bit of pleasure pain in there yeah exactly right so now everything is super palatable and the more palatable it gets the more similar it gets you know, I've got beer tasting bubble gum and now bubble tasting beer. Bubble gum tasting beer. <laughs> you know, surely well, the, something should taste like it should taste. There is there is like a known problem of um, production to scale within craft brewing. So breweries like um, well, Cloudwater would be a good example. Who they they've actually split their production. So Cloudwater, good Manchester-based brewery, um, they have been very small, very small production for years and years and years. And then they struck a deal with Tesco. <coughs> oh dear. But they split their production, so they produce their normal stuff that they sell through their own um, website and their own right. tap rooms. And then, I think they got BrewDog in to help them upscale for the Did mass they? market. Yes. Nice. Mm. Uh, back to the England squad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> names that you were disappointed are not involved first. Mm. I'll, I'll chip in with one straight away, and this is probably the one I'm most disappointed isn't involved. Um, Adam Radwan. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some there's some good competition on the wings. There is. Um, I'm I'm very pleased to see Ollie Hassel Collins because I think he's a very good winger. Yep. He is a he is a big strong boy for a winger as Do you well. Know what I found out uh, recently from uh, I can't I apologise to the person who he let walks me, his cat who let me know on on email. Uh, he does walk his cat. That he, walks is something. His cat. <laughs> he walks his cat. What? He walks his cat. There was an article about him in the Times. Yeah, he's very, <laughs> he's a bit esoteric. He walks his cat on leads. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. By the way, I have a cat and he'd hate that. But I didn't, I didn't know this, and this makes me feel dead old. I played rugby with Ollie Hassel Collins' dad. Did nice. You? Yeah, his dad. Oh, is he fly off? His dad's tight. His dad was tight head prop for Newbury. Wow. For Newbury. When they were flying up through the leagues, Neil Collins. Quality, yes, I knew quality this. Did you, yeah, did you he mention also, this? Because of I mentioned would, Neil Collins, but I didn't mention. Um, did we? Did we mention? Because it's like um, a winger coming from a prop. Oh uh, yes. Did we mention that? And, I or, don't think or so. we did talk about. I like, think maybe it was on a WhatsApp group. Yeah, or maybe we we spoke about. Um, 
uh, like brothers who are one's a prop oh, and one's a winger. One's a prop, yeah. one's a wing, winger. Yeah, like, um, like Duan van der Merwe exa- and Acker van der Merwe. Oh, the exactly. And, and like what, yeah, yeah. what one brother was the Milkman's? Brothers have played different, yeah, different positions, but huh. yeah. So like Rob Dupree has got the ball carrying ability, the hitting ability of his brothers, and but the ball playing ability and kicking of. Well, his brother's. His brother's. Yeah. <laughs> just in the body just, of yeah. someone a lot smaller. Just a tiny... He's not even that much smaller. No. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. When Ollie Hassel Collins was probably a kid, maybe maybe a kid on the touchline, watching when, when I was playing. Yeah. With Nelly Collins, who was a great prop, and uh, Hi to Neil. Uh, I'm sure he listens. Wonderful stuff. Yeah, that, that is a good call for Ollie Hassel Collins. You're, yeah. you're right, Radwan, slightly disappointing because he is electric. Yeah. Uh, and we perhaps don't get to see as much as we'd like when he's playing at Newcastle. Um, I think possibly it is what you've said. He's going, uh, right, I know what Adam Radwan can do. I want to see Ollie Hassel Collins for a bit. Yeah. And then mate, we might see Radwan pop up again. Yeah. I do. I like, I like that um, appointment. I like the Luke North more. Appointment. I think yep. he's very classy. I did not see that coming. I, 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 yeah, I've been I, thinking about. I, I hadn't said it. I've been thinking about it because he's he scored some nice tries and he's playing well and he has the ability to. Well, he can play twelve, thirteen, or wing, mm. so he can move around the back line. I think if you're starting in any Premiership team for any length of time, and you get some success, it's only a matter of time until England call you up, uh, particularly with backs. So yeah, I'm pretty happy that Northmore's there. I think he's a. A decent player. I'm delighted that Orlando Bailey's there. I'm astonished I, yeah. that he's there. Well, sorry, I'm delighted for him. I'm not yeah. delighted as such. I think there should be a moratorium on picking any Bath player, though. Like, just <laughs> I don't get you, this. The yeah. fact that you play for Bath should be automatically no, disqualified. No, 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 no. You don't think it should be? No. I wouldn't say automatically, but I I think... You have to be the it's next... Just, it's coming. a team game. It's a team game. Uh, and... Therefore, an individual in a poor team can still be having a great performance. George Ford, when Leicester were terrible, yeah, I mean, and, have... and there's the irony that now now Leicester are amazing. George yeah. Ford isn't getting picked. Yes, uh, well, I think you should be the second coming if you're going to be playing for Bath and also get into England squad. And if you were that good, maybe they'd win some games. But you have seen it before, where a, a player comes into a a really really good team. And then they go and sign for a poorer team, and they're not nearly the player that yeah, they, that they were. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a really good player for the record. I think he's a really, really good player. The irony of the whole Orlando Bailey thing, and this is more a Bath point than an England point, is think about how long Bath have been stifling the opportunities of young lads coming through because they spend so much money trying to find that number one fly half. You know, they did it with uh, Priestland, they've looked at Burns, they've looked at all sorts of options. Cipriani's latest one. And they just needed to be a little bit patient and give some time to one of their kids because they've mm. got so many good kids. I mean, some of them aren't kids now. Yeah, maybe it's a blessing that Andre Pollard said no to them if, if they made him an offer. Maybe, maybe it's a blessing because here they are. Completely agree. They've, completely got the, agree. they've got the answer. The future is giving as many academy lads opportunities as you possibly can. And how ironic it is that Bath probably have fixed their fly-off problem now. Yeah, and we, you, the, the league as a whole is going to get pushed more and more down that, that route because you can afford fewer... Big stars, which is quite exciting, actually. A surprising omission. We've got the, the some of the Saracens players still uh, not being selected. Um, yeah, the Vunapolas. The Vunapolas, but it was Sam Underhill. Yeah, which he ref- um, Eddie references. He might come back in later in the tournament. Yeah, but he's not quite ready yet. Yeah. In the same way that he referenced Manu, who apparently, according to Eddie, has had a little setback in his um, rehab, but 
I, could, I think we, could come in later in the tournament. We need to just operate under the assumption that there is no Manny Tuolangi does not exist in an England jersey. You no. just have to make that assumption, and then it's just a bonus if he if he ever is available. Yes, you can't put your eggs in that basket. Yeah, it's it's too risky. <laughs> but teams have been burnt in the past. Yes, but they have. England 2015. Stuart Lancaster, Leicester, Leicester for a decade, for a long period of time. Sale shocks to a certain degree. Yeah, I mean, when I was doing the, the, the presses, I've not been to one for a while now. It's dominated by a two language chat. Absolutely, yeah. oh, he's nearly ready. Oh, we can't wait. Oh, he's training well. Oh, he looks great. Yeah, we get it. He always looks great. But well, this is the poison. The the disappointing thing. I don't. I think I mentioned it on the pod, but um, in the autumn, whenever he got injured, scoring in the first. 10 minutes against the Springboks in the corner. Um, England at that point in time were saying his um, readings, his recordings, both his weight, skinfold testing, but also his speed, his um, power, and all that were the best they've ever recorded from Manu. So he's in, he was in the shape well, of his life. So, so you knew he was going to get injured because I, 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 <laughs> I think there's some truth in the 100%, matter. That he, you're is, right. he is too strong that he just he his, <laughs> the strength of his own muscles tears his muscles, muscles. off of his bones. Too funny, too. That happens to sprinters all the time. You think they've only got to run 100 meters and they're constantly injured. Yeah. Because they're just that well. You've got to you've got to be so finely tuned when when you are pushing yourself to the limits of performance. Yeah, yeah. Although there is a certain element of indestructible indestructibility. About Tongans, Samoans, Fijians after after they reach a certain age and they play until forty, whatever it is, <laughs> you know uh, who's the proper Cardiff? Who's only just yeah, only just stepped away. Who was uh, I think about forty? Yeah, and you have got other examples like Henry Tuolangi who played until he was like a million years old. There's loads <laughs> of examples. Well, uh, apparently, the, <laughs> uh, I think it's across the Tuolangis as well. It's if if they walk into a gym, they put on about half a stone of muscle, of pure muscle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard that. Um, <laughs> Tuolangi's arms grew by doing bloody pa- uh, battle ropes. <laughs> no one's ever achieved that in history. Oh. You need to slim him down, get him, get him on the battle ropes. Wow. Um, another one to mention, obviously, we mentioned him last week. Alfie Barbary is in yes. the squad. This is not a drill. Yes. <sighs> this is it's good. exciting. Isn't it? That the, you, the, England could legitimately field... Um, it could even, they could even do it for like the last 20 minutes of a game, a back row that would be Barbary, Dombrant and Simmons. Yeah. Which would be... You could have Barbary 6, Simmons 7, Dombrant 8. That would be so exciting. Mm. That, yeah, before you even think about the likes of you know, Earl, or I know he's not L- even in the... Ludlam's country. in the squad, Curry's in the squad. Curry, who's... Is he 40 caps at 23? Yeah, yeah he's got a lot of caps. It's I tell you what, he played in... Phases very well today. His running with the ball was phenomenal. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he has developed good. that. Uh, Aaron Young emailed contacttechchasers at gmail.com Just made an observation about Alfie Barbary. He said, uh, "Watching Alfie Barbary made me think of Scott Gibbs when he switched to rugby league and in the '97 Lions. I wonder which players do you think could uh, switch the league from the current crop? Alfie Barbary has got that kind of uh, rugby league. I could see him playing square cuboid. Yeah, physique. Bar- Barbary's he's probably one of the few." forwards as well who could switch to sevens you probably have to lose a, a bit of timber but think back to 2016 olympics when uh leona nakarawa as a, as a lock mm. switched to olympics and won an olympic gold medal mm. in sevens there's not there's not that many forwards sam simmons would be another one who could do it do you, do you not think that the sevens players 
it's not power you're looking for necessarily. It's the like long, long levers getting out of and being elusive. Uh, yeah, I mean, not even that. I mean, like you've got the top end guys on the wing. Did they actually play wing or did they play down the middle like Carlin Isles or, or whatnot? Dan Norton. Yeah, like Perry the Baker. absolute top end speed guys. And then you don't really get the big ball carrying guys. You get sort of longer yeah, range, rangey. Yeah, word, yeah. Well, rangey back rowers like, and, and like Nakarawa. Well, the offloading like is... Like Chesham actually. Mm, yes, Oli Chesham can do everything. The, the, um, the offloading is one of the most important things actually. And how you do it, because mm. some will do it by having long, longer levers and be able to get through and round, and others will do it just... Through sheer force, uh, sheer Dan physicality. Dan Dupree. Uh, Danny Barrett, <laughs> one of the best sevens players on earth. USA's Danny Barrett. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a big barrel of a man. He is. Yeah. Uh, so good that he's included. I, yeah, I am. I'm sort of coming around to the fact he might be as good as people say. I, I don't like the hyperball, but I think maybe, maybe I don't want to get carried away. I don't want to be disappointed. Hyperball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hyperbole Hyper, hyperbole 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 I like that I like that That's what the, speaking of uh, hyperbole just jump into this, to uh, American football Super Bowl ahead Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it again books what? today they released another little yeah. hype, oh, right. I thought, hype video I they'd won like, didn't they? and it was awesome off. no I want to watch that game so we'll get this pod done in a bit and yeah. uh, we can go and watch uh, the Bucks isn't it my, so I'm a New York Jets fan who haven't won anything in, in ever we got to a couple of divisional playoffs with the most boring, turgid American football you've ever seen. So. What? The Mark Sanchez years? Mark Sanchez running back were... with uh, Ladanian Tomlinson and... Um, Mark uh, Sanchez quarterback? Yeah, Mark Sanchez quarterback. Nick Mangold? Just playing a running game. It was just ground and pound. I thought it was awesome. It's beautiful to watch. Well, anyway, we got to a couple of divisional playoffs, but I actually support Tom Brady. I mean, just I, <laughs> yeah. that man. How can agree. you not? He's just the perfect human being. How can you him. not love Tom Brady? I don't even follow NFL um, particularly, but I, love, but I love Tom Brady. Yeah, so I, I'm the same as you. I, I love Aaron Rodgers as well, but he's out now. Yeah, it's a shame that. Uh, I, I'm the same. I don't follow it as much as I used to. I used to be addicted to it. But I really want to watch Brady tonight. Yeah. Just a victory for dads everywhere. Yes, 100%. You still got it. I could still do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, no. It's not going well, though. What? I'm not telling you. Oh. Did you want to the school? Yeah. No, it hasn't started yet. Yeah, it has started. Just started now. Yeah, it's not going well. Don't 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 look at your phone. Don't don't look at it. I don't want to know. It's yeah. the first minute. It's not the first minute. They are kicked off at nine thirty. They're in the second quarter. Oh no! Tell me. Uh, it's the end of the. It's basically the end of the first half. Do you want to know? Yeah. Tampa Bay three, Rams twenty. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Uh-oh. Oh no! Let's just end the podcast. I could, hey, oh. they, they won that Super Bowl the other year. The, the Pats beat uh, the Cardinals. In exactly the same, they were exactly the same, and they came back. So the Rams had coaches like thirty-four or something ridiculous, yeah. isn't he? So ten years younger than Tom Brady. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, that's, uh, oh well, I've depressed myself. Now. It's oh over. no, over. it's all over. Dads, get out of your sports kit. It's <laughs> over. Well, actually, on on the dads in their sports kit, just put, oh no, no, do you know what? Let's 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 crack on with some yeah. uh, rugby stories. Let's start with the round of sixteen fixtures that we have to look forward to after this weekend of rugby that we've just seen. Let's get excited about the fixtures before we oh, dissect the games. It's, or, well, it's sort oh. of bittersweet, Phil. Your, your proud pride Ulsterman did such good work. Four, win four from four, grind out four victories. Scored hat full of points. And the reward? The reward is uh, home and away against defending European champions Toulouse. My question is, do you think Ulster could win, could win this? Uh, no, not this they, game, the whole, the whole competition. 
Um, probably not the whole competition. No, they'd have to go four games. Yeah. I don't see that. So I always think that with these knockouts, people go, oh, no, we've got a terrible draw, we've got to lose. But presumably you'd be losing to lose so, some, some point yeah. anyway. No, it's, so, it's five games, isn't it? So two in this two, one. Two, then, then quarters, the quarters semi, semi. Final. Yeah. Five games. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But it would be nice to make it to a, a quarter or a semi is, or a final. You made it to a final for you guys. Yeah, it would be nice to make it to a final. But well, they'd, earn, they'd earn the situation where ordinarily if there wasn't issues with fixtures being cancelled and stuff you could, would imagine they would have played a team they fancy themselves against yes. and then they get home country advantage all uh, the way through if you're one, one of the top two positions you get home country advantage so they would have been they would have been in, in well uh, presumably somewhere in northern or southern Ireland they would have been somewhere well, also, yeah. could, but it's, it's, it's an advantage <laughs> um <laughs> So yes, yeah, it's it, a shame from that point of view that they get to lose. So anyway, g- going from, um, we got, but we got a Paris derby to look forward to. Yeah, Stad, that's exciting. Stad against Racing and Stad, who um, had an incredible game against Connacht to get through to the final. Racing obviously have cruised it fairly comfortably um, in all their games. Uh, and uh, the other fix, so we got another. So there's seven French teams, seven out of eight. Let's go top of each pool versus bottom of each pool. So we got we got Racing versus Stad. Yeah. And what's the other top V eight one V eight? Is Leicester versus Clermont. Oh. Which is it's not a particularly easy fixture for Leicester. Not it's a particularly easy fixture for Clermont, you mean? It's not the same uh, Clermont. Not, not for either not Clermont aren't, aren't as good as they have been. No, no but we, we saw this weekend that they they I mean they almost came from twenty points down to yeah. beat Ulster because even though they're not you're right, they're not the team that they once were in say 2014, basically, 15, 16. With benders, basically. Uh, yes, exactly. They've still got enough firepower to trouble anyone, anyone in the world. Uh, and they, they really put Ulster under some pressure in those last 10 minutes. So the second position versus seventh are Ulster, Toulouse and... Uh, Quinns against Montpellier. And Montpellier, who they've shown when they get all their stars out and they actually are, are motivated... They're, they're a big, strong team. They, they really can be are. dangerous, and they've got pace as well. The third v sixth. La Rochelle uh, against Bordeaux. And, La Rochelle, Bordeaux, okay. And uh, Munster versus Exeter. Oh. So Exeter being sixth place, Munster being uh, third Munster place. Today. I know Wasps were under strength. I don't count that as an excuse, actually. Munster were very, very good. Munster were very good. They played really well and today. It's a weird one with Munster because I don't follow the URC. The Should Munster be in Europe if they're against an English team? I'll watch it. Otherwise, I'm probably not going to do that. And they, well, my understanding of how Munster plays it's muscular, it's boring, it's very South African. I didn't see much of that today. I thought they were brilliant. At, well, they were good at the tight stuff. They were yeah. good, good, good at the defensive stuff. But the way they attacked was bloody brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, the offloading game was great. Yeah, they did were you, hitting holes. Did you see how they defended the wasps driving more? Uh, they sort of set around the more like it's a scrum, and they engage on it so low. And wasps, you can see Elliot Stook in the middle of the wasps pack, you know, rocking this more, trying to get them forward in pretty much perfect shape, and they've got all of these monstermen. Kind of, uh, it's hard to hard to explain. Like almost scrummaging height, and they can't move them. Absolutely mm. rock solid. Yeah, they're, they're well drilled. Yeah, that's something that uh, Bath have got to look forward to next year. I hope so. I mean, yeah. if they can bring if Bath can have a bit of that, you're looking you're looking at serious <laughs> contenders. 
Uh, yeah, Exeter. Uh, that's that is. That's a t- that's a seriously tough game. Didn't they have? They played in the pool stages a couple of times a few years back. There was one that was a draw at Sandy Park. Yeah, and then Munster narrowly won at their place. I think I'm, I see it going the same way. Munster edging it out. Ooh, I don't know. That's With their be- home crowd now, because their stadium will be able to be full again. Yeah, that'll make a big difference. Big difference. That, um, I mean, that, that, that's, a, that's a great fixture. Because there's two I teams that pick, match up well. If I could well. pick a game to work on, it would be Exeter Munster. Yes. That is, yeah, it's a good fixture. And, and so I'm right in saying that the top, the higher of the seeds will get the home leg second. I yes, think I, think, I think that is correct. Yeah. So fourth v fifth then. Fourth v fifth. Um, for fourth in Pool A is Leinster, who play Connacht. Just go across, head west to play Connacht. Okay. Oh, nice. And uh, fifth in Pool A was Sale, who play fourth Bristol. Bristol, which is that two legs. Sale have got that nailed down. I would uh, say it's it's one of the best um, fixtures Sale could have got actually. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like the chances. Yeah, I, sale I fancy well. Sale's chances there. Um, also, Bristol will be happy as Brist- well. Bristol will be happy. Bristol will prefer that to going to. Claremont, La Rochelle, Toulouse, Leinster. Yeah. Two games at Sale, though. I mean, that's a tough ask. Mm. Well, I don't know, actually. Sale, well, we'll talk about them in a minute. They weren't, they weren't what I was hoping for today. So that, they're the fixtures we've got to look forward to, which are going to be in April? Yeah, so it's, I think it's consecutive weekends, the 9th, 10th, 11th, yeah. and then the following, whatever it is, 16th, 17th, yes. 18th. And then it's... There's only... Because there's, there's obviously five rounds to take place between... The 9th of um, April, and I think it's the 28th of May. So you've got five rounds in, in a two-month period. So it's basically pretty much every other week mm. during April and May, you've got those two um, uh, last 16, round of 16, then quarters with a week break, then semis with a week break, then the final, 28th yeah. of May. Yeah. That's quite exciting. It is quite I mean, I'm really struggling with the European Cup this year. We highlighted this. This is what I was going to ask next, yeah. actually, because we're, we're very excited about the round of 16. The manner in which we got there. God, it's bad. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, and I am very excited, and I'm heavily invested. And I can see and I can sympathise with people who feel as you do, JB. I thought it was terrible. I, I just, I mean, today's games, the Montpellier game was excellent. I thought the Montpellier Exeter game was really excellent. Mm-hmm. But even by then, you know, you're so worn down. The Osprey Sale game is dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. You picked the wrong game to watch there. Yeah, I did. Because well, there was you know, Connacht Stad on the other chan- on the other side. Yeah, I, I knew one of you'd be watching Connacht Stad. Uh, Con- <laughs> well, I only watched that because I knew Stad. you'd be watching yeah. Sale. <laughs> so, yeah, and also, yeah, I like to watch the lads. I like to watch yeah. lads who I know who's playing. You know, that's mm-hmm. why I watch the English teams. Um, and then Wasps were just completely outgunned against... Uh, Munster later. Yeah, Munster s- never, Wasp never really looked like they were going to do anything in that game, did they? No. Um, they, there was a stage where if Wasps had got over the Munster line to score their second try, it'd have been three Just before half time, yeah, where Coombs see, was in the bin. Yeah. You can kind of see Wasps would get a little head of steam and maybe they could do something. Cause, well, because they are dangerous when they need to be. But not no, today. They, they were manhandled. The timing was right, and I agree, had they have done it, but they actually never, they never yeah. really threatened in that ten-minute period where Coombs no, were, they were um, either side of half-time. The Munster defence on the line was magnificent. Yeah, it's genuinely right. Mun- Munster played really, really well. Here is a bizarre tweet: an Irish journalist tweeted today that why do people say or 
Something along the lines of people... Isn't it weird that people say the Premiership is so physical and yet two Premiership teams have picked up injuries against Irish teams? Does that make any what? sense to you? Yeah. So, so again. okay. If the Premiership's so physical, why have two Premiership teams picked up injuries against Irish teams? Oh, being wasps and <laughs> bats. Not even worth. Yeah, yeah. Not even worthy of discussion. So, that. Well, I mean, the guy's got seventeen thousand Twitter followers, yeah, and he usually tweets what. fairly sensible stuff. I thought, what a weird tweet. I mean, that is a. It's a bizarre tweet, that's, isn't it? That's a strange correlation causation uh, yeah. conclusion to find. I assume by that he must assume. He must assume, or he must think, that England training is more physical than the Premiership because Owen Farrell hurt his leg. I mean, that's the only conclusion I can come to. But I thought, uh, what a bizarre tweet. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I think we had a giant hole, unfortunately, in the Saturday afternoon offering. There was there was no three o'clock kickoff because the, the game I was going to be working on, Leicester v Bordeaux, didn't happen. And we had uh, Toulouse's game get called off we had the, the, the management of Toulouse or the, 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 the someone from the French rugby um, top 14 league or the, the, the organisation that represents the French clubs kicking off a little bit in the same way that Leinster did when they had the same situation we can field 23 players but EPCR decided it wasn't, safe, on wasn't safe to do so I was Cardiff safe but Toulouse on so Cardiff <laughs> Oh yeah, when, when they were all in quarantine, yeah. all their players. Well, this is what this is why. If you remember back in round two or round one or round two, I can't remember. Yeah, where now. Leinster. Yeah, Leinster ha- had exactly. This. So Leinster had a, a, a large number of cases within their squad, but said we can still field twenty three players. We'd like to play the game. Yeah. No, no, you're not allowed to, and we're awarding a twenty eight nil victory to nonsense. to your opponents. But uh, and on that same weekend, Cardiff didn't have their players stuck in quarantine not the positive cases but stuck in quarantine yeah, yeah. and they fielded guys from Aberavon so and, is it yeah. the case that they weren't lost it because of the wider Covid risk in the they, squad they decided that it was too uh, big of a risk uh, but e- EPRC it wasn't Toulouse who made that call it was EPRC wasn't e- e- it yeah because well, I, I read EPRC one, yeah. one of those anyway yeah ERPC e- uh, yeah E-P-C-R. E-P-C-R. Uh, anyway. um, but I read something that said that Toulouse um, have got a French Minister for Sport to write to EPRC, EPCR, EPRC. I mean, they made a broad phone backs, haven't they? That I mean, if you go to co- Premiership games now, I don't know, are the European games still COVID nuts, like red zones and whatnot? Uh, yes, the players, the players are in red zones, and you have you have to jump through hoops to get red zone accreditation, uh, and even then. You are I mean, kept, yeah. kept, kept at a distance. Uh, I mean, they've I, lost the plot, haven't they? They've lost the plot. I, I, I yeah, they just have. I mean, yeah, that, that'll up, that'll upset some people. Um, I, Does it upset you? No, I understand. No, uh, no. Uh, it's uh, op- Does it you any? Uh, I think it's optics over logic. Hundred yes. percent is optics. It, there's yeah. no, there's no debate on that. It's just yeah. optics, and it sucks. The, it sucks the joy out of, ga- out of games for anyone att- attending them. So, well, well, you don't know as soon as you walk in the stadium. If you're a fa- from a fan's perspective, you don't know. Anything yeah, from a fan's perspective, in England, in England yeah, anyway, no. in England, you don't know anything's I, going on, which, they, which is great because the, the atmosphere on Friday night at Quinns was electric. Mm. Yeah, no, yes, 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 it was. That was probably the best game of the weekend for me. That that was a very good. So, it, I just want to come back to the point because you made a point that you've not enjoyed this, and I think there's, I think there's good and bad that we can take from this weekend. Obviously, the bad, having so many fixtures cancelled. Is bad, yeah. And some of the dead rubbers is always going to be like the sale 
Osprey's game and and the yeah. the Leinster Bath game. Some of the games were dead, yeah. Those two you point to are, are fair, but some of those games were only dead rubbers because of the cancellations. But partly, yeah, partly because of the cancellations. Because, Sa- but because Sale <coughs> knew that they'd qualified by virtue of the, the games that had been cancelled, whereas they would have still had something to do to, yeah. to get it, to guarantee their place. Yeah, and for example, you're you're always in any l- competition where you've got league and then going to knockout. You will always have um, dead rubber games. You can't. You can't really avoid there being some dead rubber games because some teams just won't be in competition but, for anything but, towards but, um, the end of it. But actually, when you looked ahead of this weekend before the cancellations, there were so few of those. There were hardly any. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a rarity. You're, you're right, and that's that's maybe it's a that's good be- good and bad thing. But if two thirds of each um, pool qualify, then yeah. Yeah, By definition, kind like, of everyone's in contention. Yeah, still, it's true. only the highest of standards. And that's the only yeah. thing. There's no... You set the bar so low that if 11 out of 12 teams um, qualified to, yeah. to the next stage, then everyone's in contention. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if I had uh, my way, this would not be the format. Yes. I would no, do this format has but, to be thrown in the bin as soon as possible. What, the point I w- would like to make is that there were some awesome games. Like yeah. The, the, the Quinn's cast game was great. The Montpellier Exeter game was great. The Stade Francais... Um, Connacht game was bonkers and brilliant um, the Ulster game was terrifying the, the last 10 minutes of that was uh, uh, so painful to watch um, from an Ulster perspective because it looked like we were going to throw it away from being in total control of the game so there, there were some I guess my point is there are always going to be some yeah. poor games there were actually some brilliant games yeah. as well this weekend I think it is it's a multifactorial thing, isn't it? It's the fact that the format doesn't really make much sense, so you're trying to work that's out... The, that's the hard yeah, bit. If Sale beat Ospreys, does that impact Ospreys directly, or is that some knock-on to... You know, who yeah. Are they, you know, who is affected by what? You've got to really invest yourself in the table system, the format, to actually work, work out what's going on. That'd be the first one. Uh, the second one is to do the Welsh teams, because, as I understand it, haven't all the Welsh... Lads gone on holiday now to Wales for. They're all in Wales camp for eight who, plus weeks. So Ospreys came with basically nothing. Base basically nothing. Well, yeah, it's after this because like Scarlet still had like Liam Williams was they had. Well, they still had a chance to qualify. Yeah, true. I guess I guess yeah. that's the. Di- yeah. So the, they, Welsh, the Welsh players weren't locked in, locked away for this it, game. It feels like they've already switched off. That's what I would say. Well, Wales, the three teams, Osprey, Scarlet, Cardiff, they got one win between them, which was Cardiff's 28-0 walk over, over Toulouse. Yeah. Uh, now, there, now there is, there's other things at play there because, obviously, the quarantine for yeah. Cardiff and Scarlet's previously. But, yeah, that it's not a great... Well, look it's right. not, <laughs> not great. Bristol are not lighting up the Premiership and they get battered. Well, that was interesting because it, it was only, only in the second half. Or it last, was the last last, last, last twenty. 20. It was the last twenty. It was twenty-one all with twenty minutes to go. Interesting seeing Yo and Lloyd at twelve. At twelve. I just think Bristol thought they could do whatever they wanted, and they were right. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, uh, yeah, the way reason I'm a bit negative on it is there's games like Bath as well, who have suffered another historic defeat. Yeah, yeah. another historic defeat. A, a, a historic season of historic defeats. Isn't it incredible? Uh, and just carries on going. Yeah. Neil yeah, Hatley's Neil Hatley's a quote from Neil Hatley: "We cannot go any lower." Well, they thought that like two months ago. <laughs> Let's see, shall we? Yeah. You know, in that regard, they are high achievers. <laughs> 
Yeah, madness. Absolutely. They must have the most miserable time there. I mean, no one must be enjoying this. Let's talk about some positive stuff for a second. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, just, just one thing, actually. I just, you just reminded me. David Wells emailed contactedchasers at gmail.com. Um, and he said, uh, oh, he points out he had a fiver on cast to win at 23 to 1. Wow. Uh, we can talk about the, the final decision there then uh, in, in a bit. But he says, the question, though, uh, guys, I've been listening for years, uh, but I still don't know why it's quote, beloved Hurricanes, and quote, beloved Benetton, and quote, beloved Ulster. I'm never sure if it's a joke or not. And if not a joke, why are they beloved to JB and Phil? Can you enlighten me, please? Well, there's a whole back catalogue of episodes where you could catch up, but actually, I'll give you the shortcut. So, uh, beloved Benetton, JB? Uh, massive, huge Benetton supporter. It was because you interviewed Dean Budd. That's right. It? It yes. Was, yeah, good, good lad. Yeah. So, interviewed Dean Budd, got sent a, a jersey by Dean Budd. No. From the from a guy in the actual URC, one of the administrators. Oh, oh really? Right. It's, yeah. it's quite a nice jersey that as well. It's a lovely it is. Jersey. It's, it's yeah. up in the rugby dungeon. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, I do. Look, I do quite like Kappa. It's old school brand. Peaceful, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite. It's quite an erotic. Not erotic, but it's quite a suggestive logo as well, isn't it? Mm. Very much so. I'm sure that there not used to be two ladies on Kappa. Yeah, but also it. I mean, someone pointed this out to me. It looks. It also. It looks like two women back to back, but it also looks like something else. Yeah, if you cover the top half of it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So yeah, that's JB's beloved Benetton, and it, and this was at the time when you were trying to take a massive interest in the top fourteen and tried, Italian rugby. I really tried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, JB's, uh, uh, sorry, Phil's beloved hurric- beloved Canes. Yeah, uh, I just I just quite like Hurricanes. The season when I think maybe the season before they won it or when they won it. Um, with Bowden Barrett and they had um, I think it was a season with Surveyor on the wing Jason Woodward playing uh, uh, Corey Jean and the All Blacks Marnonu and Conrad Smith in the centres yeah, right. and TJ Perinara so it's like an, an, an all international um, lineup, and they just played amazing rugby yeah. and got really into Super Rugby. I can't remember why, but I was watching quite a lot of Super Rugby at the time and just decided to start supporting them. Because you didn't have kids at the time, and Saturday morning you could just laze around having a bacon sandwich watching rugby. Exactly. Yeah, free rugby rugby was awesome. And I won I won a shirt through, I think it was Statbacker, if you remember that, the oh, little yeah. game yeah. that we, um, we had a few it's links to. on 50. <laughs> we had a few links to back in the day. Um so yeah, got myself a hurricane shirt. And, and the beloved Ulster is because, and if you if you haven't listened to the podcast for nine seasons, you might not be aware. But when we started, Phil was either very newly retired or was actually still, I was still playing. He was yeah. still playing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Playing, and still playing technically semi professionally, uh, although you were injured quite a lot uh, for <laughs> Sedgley Park. So when Phil retired, we realised well he's man and boy. He played mini rugby Sedgley Sedgley Tigers through to first team Sedgley Tigers in Championship National One. And didn't have a team that he supported. So yep. uh, listeners of the podcast who were fans of clubs from across the world made a pitch to Phil as to why he should adopt their club and Ulster did the, yeah. did the best work. We did it as like a, a head-to-head week-on-week. So two read out every week. It went on for about 10 or 12 weeks. Mm. Two read out every week. You, you, one I remember went through. you thoroughly, like, th- really thinking hard about it. I, t- I took it incredibly seriously. And I'm still an Ulster fan to this day. So my, my decision was right. Final. Yeah. Well, yeah, my decision was final and uh, meaningful. Um, unfortunately, though, it's meant some ups and downs, some turmoil 
Be, the life of an Ulster supporter is not an easy one. But how good is it going to feel when when the glory days do arrive? When we win the European Champions Cup after Again. beating Toulouse this year. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Again. So that's an answer to that one. Thank you for your question, David. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I will jump back to the, the Quinns game and to what David said about he lost a 23-1 to 1 bet on cast. Um, just, I, I will segue there by saying that, that earlier today I refereed... Mm. An un- under-14s game between Broughton Park, Raffy Quirk's Broughton Park, and Bolton. A very hard-fought game. It was fantastic. I've got to say, the lads on the field, we've talked before about, um, since rugby started again, that there's. I noticed there was a, a bit more chops in going mm-hmm. on. The lads on the field, absolutely outstanding. They, they were fantastic, respectful. Um, when they didn't disagree, they spoke to the captain, came over and had a chat. It was It was wonderful. And I don't really want to... No, I, I thought hard, do I mention this or not? But Uh-oh. one thing I have noticed, coaches. Do you, do you think... Coaches. Do you think there's an element, do with risk, the more risk that you eliminate, the more the remaining risk is unacceptable? I do feel it's a little bit like this, particularly coaches, because, I mean, maybe it's just coaching Twitter that is so pious. <laughs> but you know the amount of effort the coaches go through at minis in June. Mind you, they are a serious bunch. Well, 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 so, so this was the, the this was basically the issue: is they were uh, vocally um, voicing, like basically commentating on every decision I made. Now we'll get onto this in a minute. Every referee will see things differently to someone else mm. and stuff. Hard, I just I just job. think if you if you if you make that decision to say I'm going to coach a rugby team you are an example particularly at lads at that age and you, you have to take that incredibly serious I think parents is one thing and that tends to police itself but if you're in the position of a coach I think you're and we you know some people don't like the chat about quote unquote rugby values and stuff but like that that is something you need to take especially seriously and I was incredibly impressed with the, the players on the field Incredibly disappointed by uh, in, right. by by the coaches, and I know yeah. you had a pop at Bolton Rugby Club, and it came back to bite you, didn't it? Did in, I? in a league match, what was no, the that's no. Oldham. that was Oldham. Oldham. Sorry, Oldham. That was Oldham. Seasons play on our four G. Yeah, I loved so. loved that game. Yeah, I, I love being I love being on the sidelines watching that game <laughs> and <laughs> listening to the Oldham uh, fans and, and players. <laughs> yeah, stick that on your podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, but uh, at one point, and I didn't say I didn't say anything. They sort of. Uh, um, suggested I what, what does he even know about rugby anyway so uh, m- maybe that's word, a great question maybe well yeah maybe word <laughs> maybe word, um, uh, word word of this will find its way to them and uh, all I would say is there are, there is over eight seasons I couldn't, I, I couldn't abide that I, eight, I over have... eight seasons of uh, podcasts to go and see if I know what I'm talking about yeah. and uh, <laughs> over five seasons of interviews um with players, DORs, and uh, <laughs> when I'm paid, when I'm paid to, uh, yeah, you, you sound very much like me when uh, Premiership head of Coms Paul Morgan asked me, "What have you done for rugby recently?" <laughs> and I nearly exploded. I, what, what do you mean? It's not my job. I'm not head of Coms. That's not my job. But as you asked, Paul, you know, there's hours of there's material. Hours, hours, of, hours material. of material. What do you mean you don't? Hundreds know? of hours I, of material. I coach a team, Paul. I coach a team. Apparently, what they did, what, what, what they didn't like was the uh, the 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 short length of my knock-on advantage, which I, ah. which I said to the players beforehand, there'll be a big, well, there'll be a big difference between the advantages. I just want to let you know how I'm going to ref this. If it's knock-on and, you, and you have an opportunity to play and you 
and you make a bit of time or you choose to kick the ball away, that advantage will be over. And then when I did it in the game, the players were fine. Coaches were not. <laughs> I'd love to see what you would think of my... Well, not you personally... But Can you tell? I've just sort of yeah. I've sw- I swallowed it at the I've, time, smiled, yeah. killed, feel, with, killed with kindness, and but then, I've got a yeah. platform. So I feel like you. you're getting a weight lifted yeah. off your well, shoulders that, here. Too. I think it was going back to that point. It was just that it's like you've chosen to be a coach. You're you're a role model, and yeah. you can't behave like that. Throw it on your whistle like I did, and like I would have done. And telling them that you're the, literally one of the world's foremost experts on rugby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. Actually, <laughs> anyway, uh, but but now let's move on to Mike Adamson. At Harlequins. Well, hang on. Before you do that, I yeah, want to talk on. about uh, some coaching. Right? Oh, yeah, go on. I'd love to know what we would think of my old coach when I started playing at Colwyn Bay at under-14s. Now, still to this day, when I think back about it, uh, about this guy, uh, you know, I've still idolised the guy. I, th- I, think he's, uh, I think he's still absolutely outstanding. And even now, I think, oh, Dave definitely knew his stuff. Of course, Dave didn't know... Have, a clue about anything <laughs> and I'd love to see what we think about him now because he's standing on the sidelines shouting at our players continuously that's gay that's shit that's gay shit <laughs> what? That's, that, that was literally it was a different time but, yeah, yeah. clearly and this right <laughs> wow this is, wow. And, and the reason I say that and I'm not being flippant the reason I say it in that way is because that was our impression of him like that would be our actual impression of him when he wasn't there we would shout at each other criticising him like, de- but we all absolutely idolised him. Uh, I wonder how that would go down now. No, well, not, that, not well. well. That wouldn't go down well now. Not I'm well. glad to say. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we had a guy who got knocked out. Like, absolutely spot up called Sponge, got back on his feet, carried on playing. Like, just the things that went, that went on back in the day. But you, you are right in what you say that it's uh, with, with lads, well, and, and girls and young women and young men. A very impressionable age, and that that for a lot of people, that rugby coach is a massively important person in their <laughs> life. My, my my brother, if if you said to him now, who's the most, who's had the most influence? Maybe, I mean, arguably on his life, let alone, um, but certainly his rugby career, he'd say straight away, Stefan Chirpak, who was his school rugby coach. He happened mm. he happened to be uh, involved in the England youth setup, but mm. like. In a heartbeat, that's what they say, and so many guys will say that. So it's yeah, a really it, privileged position to take. Yeah, yes. I, I just would say, like, yes, looking back at it, but in today's standards, completely unacceptable. But back then, like, he had a whole a whole team. I think if you asked any of the lads who played in there, like, what a legend! Still, still to <laughs> stay. I'll tell you one more story about um, grassroots coaches from Colton Bay. Yeah, go on. Actually, I've got two. Both are brilliant. One of the coaches. Are they, are they slightly bigoted? Uh, <laughs> no, but they're both no. but they're, they're more horrific. Um, one coach literally, literally threw me out of a moving bus window. What? Right? Yeah, a moving what? bus window. So um, he was, he's a big, big old boy. He must be like twenty stone, big Southwellian prop. And uh, we're messing around in the back. This is maybe youth team, so like under nineteens. And he sat on me. And he sat on me against the window of the bus. And the bus window popped open, <laughs> like one of the fire escape wings. Yeah, smashed on, on uh, uh, smashed on, on the oh floor. Oh my god! He turns around, grabs me, and pulls me back into the bus before I hit the road. What? So that wow! Could been, that could have been quite nasty. <laughs> oh my god! The other one. This is actually a bit more. That was, that's incredibly impressive. If yeah, incredibly scary. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think we got lucky because maybe it fell. It, well, it fell and smashed on the road, but it might have kind of. 
given way slightly enough to sort of For, yeah to get your balance. Around, maybe that's when it. I don't know. But the point is, I'm not dead on the road. That's a positive. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, right? There was a tennis tournament. Now you know how much I love to play rugby, and I used to love the shorter versions, either the sevens or tens. And it was I'm a touch. <laughs> so I think as a 15 year old me and this other lad we got banned we didn't actually get banned but you know we were told sort of you shouldn't play. it was a disciplinary in, in the works because we had a few cans of beer on a sevens tournament and I was linked to the guy drinking beer or maybe I was drinking beer I can't remember but anyway this was frowned upon so um, there was this tens tournament the next week and I, I really wanted to play as tens so I started trying to arrange a team. As a 15-year-old, I started trying to arrange a team. So I got loads of lads from my old school to play, St. David's, St. David's College. Phoned the tournament organisers. Like, I've got, I've got 10 lads. We can, we, can come, we, we can come and play. I've not thought about kit, not thought about anything, but I've now got this team to go in. And they said, well, we don't think you can do it because, um, because you're not in a team kit. You need a club badge. So I'm right, I'll phone Colman Bay. So I phone Colman Bay. It's like, oh, there's no coaches. So then I started phoning all the coaches like higher up the levels. I love, it. I love it. even at that age, yeah. JB was just like desperate to desperate play. Desperate to yeah. play and happy to network all day to make it happen. Well, I found a coach, right? So this coach uh, did the age group above us. And he goes, yeah, sure. I'll come down with you. So we got the jerseys ready. We got everything ready. We're about to go. Friday night, received a phone call. Yeah, we're not going to go because you're banned. I was like, oh, I'm banned. Yeah, because of the drinking thing. We need to have a disciplinary oh. in the club next week so the whole thing gets cancelled oh. I go to Llandidno and I bumped in bumped in, in um, into this coach and he looks at me and goes you ever do that to me again I'll knock off your head like, <laughs> 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 ok then well I guess we won't be doing I guess we won't be doing that again the same coach actually got into a fight with a, a kid in my school because he was uh, again a bus driver he took the bus to uh, St David's College Disco or whatever it is and got into a fight with a kid so yeah <laughs> Wow! Like the Wild West. It is, yeah, it is. North Wales rugby, mate. It is wild, wild. <laughs> Mike Adamson, having had an experience as a referee today, where yeah. you give you give what you see and you make a decision, and you're always going to disappoint someone. Mike Adamson at the end of Queens v Cast well, with a Don Brandt. Mm, we've Alex had Don Brandt's hat trick try. We've had a very similar situation to this, right? Do you remember a few weeks ago Exeter? And they played through a forward pass, and then they conceded a penalty. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember you. T- yeah, Vaguely. was it Exeter or was it Bristol? One of the two. But this yeah. was my thing, which is, it's one thing you've got to be quite careful as a referee. I think playing on after a forward pass, and then if the team subsequently gives away a penalty, is that fair? Particularly if that team has been stressed into that penalty giving away situation. Because of the forward pass. Oh, yeah, you... I mean, you're jumping back uh, uh, from the actual try but within the yeah, same yeah. period of so, pass, same yeah. passage of play. There was a forward pass, or what looked like a forward like it, pass. Yeah. It wasn't given forward, so it wasn't forward, but it looked like Yeah, it, it yes. could have been now, if, if it had been reviewed. Back in the old days in Broughton Park, because this is, this is how they did business, when they played touch, if the ball went forward and, both te- and one of the teams didn't agree with it, or they, we, should, we thought we should turn the ball over, do you remember this? They all say, hands on heads! So we'd, you know, so if I think that you've done the wrong thing and you've not given us the ball, right? Hands on heads. So we all put our hands on our heads and, and then we refuse to play right? so until you give us the ball, right? Because that's just how things were done at, done at Broughton Park. Wow. Uh, Rafi Quirk's Broughton Park. Yeah. Yes. Um, Harlequins 
No, the other team, who aren't Harlequins, cast, cast, would genuinely have been better when that forward pass went forward, put their hands on their heads and let Harlequins score a try because it would have been reviewed and it would have been turned over because they all knew it was forward. Instead, they give away a penalty and that then leads to whatever that leads to. Yeah, you can't review a forward pass from a, from a penalty. Yeah. It's only from a try. And I think it's really unfair, actually, because a forward pass can put you in a situation where you become under a lot of, a lot of stress and then you give away a penalty. Yeah, there do have to be limits to the intervention of TMOs and, and the technology. And it is one of those, it w- it invariably, mm. moments like that will happen. But on balance, I wouldn't want the TMO to be able to say, I think you might need to look at a forward pass. Yeah, if he doesn't see it, he doesn't see it. He doesn't see it, he doesn't see it. But the other... You've got a, you've got a touch judge and a referee yeah. on the field. And, but the- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Another angle of this is our officiating teams letting things go because they think, oh, well, we'll catch it on review. If, it's, if yeah. it needs to be. Yeah, we don't want to be the guys. If it's material. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to be the guys that prevent a try being scored because we call the forward pass wrong. Which, well, we, which we, happened with Ben Whitehouse. I think something like that he called. I, or I, I don't want to throw him under a bus now, but someone, there, there was a referee in a, a season or two ago who did exactly that, yeah. call, called it forward rather than just letting the player run yeah. through the score. It might be it's a happened, premiership game. It's happened, yeah. it's happened at least twice. It's happened a few times where exactly that has happened. The ref has blown up as someone's breaking away for what they thought was a knock-on. And they could or... have waited, let them put the ball down and then reviewed it. Yeah. Exactly. Or, or more yeah. common is the forward pass or knock-on happens and then they blow up for the other team to get the scrum, but the other team has got far more of an advantage and they're thrown. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, so, it's, yeah, look, it's going to happen. Uh, uh, on the one. decision at the death, having got that penalty and had the sustained pressure, the Alex Dombrant, when he put the ball down, did not look totally confident. The, when they cut to the Quinn's coaches, looking at the, re, looking at the review, they didn't look particularly happy. The on-field decision was no try. Yeah, that's really messed up. That's the the interesting bit, and that is the interesting bit because the t- it was actually the TMO uh, who said there ha- that I can see a grounding. Now that grounding that the TMO believed they could see wasn't obvious to me from the replays. The gr- yeah, grounding was it before the line or on the line? That's the question. And I'm not entirely certain you could definitively say, and therefore you arguably should have stuck with the on-field decision. Yep. So if it was try on-field, it remains try. If it was no try on-field, it probably, there was not 
enough to overrule it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, I mean, it just goes to show the referee team made a decision and uh, they have to stick with it. There was quite a lot of people quite upset about it, but as Phil is always at pains to point out, before you start blaming (laughs) referees for the result, Ben Botica dropped the ball over the line, line. missed four or five kicks. Yeah, in the Botica ball, Ben Botica didn't have his best game. All is is forgiven for that uh, Montpellier game the other year, though. Yeah, exactly. I, I did think that when he dropped that ball over the line, That's which would have right. been a lovely try, it was there was an irony in it because of his, the Poetry. performance. Yes, poetry in it. Yeah, exactly. Look, yeah, it's exactly as you're about to say. If you leave it in the hands of the referee and the referee gets it wrong, that's your mistake. Yeah. If there's one call on the 80th minute that changes the game, then that is your yeah. issue. Yeah. And Cast should be focused on the fact that they missed all those kicks, dropped the ball over the line. Should have won the game, yeah. and the fact that this is—they've well, not won a single game. <laughs> Zero from four. That would have been that would have been only their second European Cup away win in a decade. Wow! Mm. Tell you what, they looked physical though. Cast. I love their number fourteen, not the famous one, not in Cozy or whatever his name is. The other one. Yeah, I thought he was really cool. Yeah, uh, looked rangy, powerful. Just looked. He's had a. You know, a lot of attributes which I like. Tough. They were really tough. Oh, they were very good. Too. And front peel on the line out. Oh, how do you get that done was, twice? That was good fun. By gimmick line outs. Twice. They'll, they'll be like bringing back the, the penalty wall. Yeah, thing exactly. Next. I, I was astonished what I was seeing. Astonished. Fully professional team getting done by. Well, actually, they called it the front peel. It wasn't a front peel. It was a 1 2. Front peel is, well, it doesn't really matter. But it wasn't that. And then they do another novelty line out and score again. But I love no. them using the winger from the within the line out as mm. on, on that front loop. Was it not the scrum off they used? No, no, it was the winger. It was Nikozi. They used him. Mm. Did they? Yeah. Oh, anyway, I, I think he know. might have been in the nine position, and he just flew down the blind side. Because the nine was well, for the first one, the nine was at the front of the line out. Yes. Oh, you want the second one? Second one. Yeah, second one was really actually. You know, for gimmicks, that one was very nicely, very nicely worked. But they've uh, maybe they've seen something that oh well, Quinns might need to go and have a look at tightening, yeah. tightening up there. Well, Quinns, I think they were under, they were in a lot of trouble here. The last twenty minutes, in particular, I thought it was all going Cast's way. They mm. looked very very strong. I thought they were out muscling Quinns. So for Quinns to come away with that with that victory, very impressive. They made nine changes. We saw guys like Nick David. About to say Nick David, he played brilliantly. Yeah, he yeah. looks like one hell of a pickup. Why he's not getting more game time? Well, he has been injured, but uh, also injured. Ty- no, 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 he's not. Also, Tyrone Green. He was injured at the start of this, the year, definitely. But yeah, Tyrone Green and Caden Murley, Louis Liner. So I inquired about Nick David's um, Marchant playing on the wing injury situation because I where mm. is this kid? He was so good at Worcester, uh, and apparently he is fit. It's just wait, just, biding his time. Mm. And judging by, I mean, Quinns do really need another informed back. That's that's <laughs> not going to be the missing piece of the jigsaw. Uh, he he had a very very solid game. He got he does all the Tyrone Greeny things, which is you know the nice running and distribution and all things. Well, sometimes nice distribution, but he does seem a little bit more fullbacky. He's got shades of Mike Brown reliability. Rapid. Yeah, he's he rapid. Is fast. He's well. good. Yeah. He's really really good. Yeah, they've got some lovely options out in the back three. 
Uh, just on, uh, well, while we're on Quinn's, got an email here from Luke Bright, contacthedchasers at gmail.com. Hello, Phil, Tim and JB. Firstly, I want to thank you for your... Oh, no, 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 no I'm not... No, it's fine. <laughs> not reading out that stuff. Uh, just wanted to point out a rumour I've heard about the, that the Adidas contract at Harlequins will not Ooh. be renewed at the end of the season. Mm. As a Quinn's fan... It's been amazing to have Adidas create some fantastic yeah. stash for the club. Yeah, agreed. Some lovely stash. Uh, their training kit is great as well. Uh, however, I have to admit, if the rumours are true, I'm ready to embrace another kit brand that can potentially stick to the club's famous quarters a little more traditionally. As you previously mentioned, Quinns have one of the most renowned club jerseys in the history of the game, while many um, of the rugby community struggle to understand why some of our biggest games away in Europe are spent in a sometimes vile third kit, which <laughs> JB likes, uh, that has no real link to the club's identity. Um especially when they don't match our Maserati, Prosecco and Negroni <laughs> aperitif image. That's true. That's true. Thank you, Luke. I, I, I still like that Quinn's third kit. Who would you like? I mean, who's making good kits at the moment? Who yeah. I'm I'd th- one that I do quite like, they do some good traditional ones. I think they're doing Bath now and Northampton quite subtly and traditionally is um, Mac- Macron? Macron. Macron, yeah. yeah. I think they, they I think, do Bath Day and Scotland. Yeah, they've done Scotland for a while. Because they used to, well, they used to Edinburgh be, and Glasgow. It's a bit of a running joke, Macron. Yeah, they did. Because all their kits used to fall to pieces. I'm, I'm just at, looking at the jerseys here, going Cougar. They're not. Are they a thing still? Mm, really? Not really. You've got uh, Kappa Samurai. Is that uh, you? Don't see Samurai very much anymore. No, they used to be Exeter, didn't they? Yeah. Are yeah. they all still about? Because I they think do they, lower down the leagues, don't they? I think they pitched to do Sail Sharks as well. In fact, they might do Sail Sharks. But I think they do do, do sell sharks. sharks. Samurai, yes, you're right. Yeah, Canterbury, obviously, very good. Uh, yeah, Adidas, there is. They have made some fantastic. Stade Francais Adidas uh, kit over there. Uh, know, yeah, that's gorgeous. They make some good kits. They do make some good kits. You've got to say that of all of the kits on the wall at the moment, Can- Canterbury are they all still leaders in the clubhouse? The two best jerseys in the lifespan of this podcast, club jerseys, mm. are. Because like the the Georgia Canterbury maroon Georgia kit, beautiful, absolutely awesome. beautiful. Yeah, the international kits. That was a great one. The Japan kit, Canterbury again. Yeah, for the World beautiful. Cup 2015 was uh, exceptional. But the uh, the two best club jerseys in the span of this podcast have been the Quinn's 150th anniversary one, lovely, yeah. made by Adidas, and the Leicester Tigers Ooh. kit, which was racing green with the red and white yeah. stripe across yeah, the, the middle single stripe which that was canterbury that was, canterbury. That was canterbury so and there the, you go canterbury the bath, the yeah, bath 150 that's the one I love. Not, not not that, that one. one no so i've got it one it might be that one it might be that one but that's the fans version yeah so i've got one of the official match fit shirts uh, that that's, we got gifted by canterbury that is a and it's lovely shirt. i might i might wear it um, next week it is a lovely shirt yeah it, it, and that's canterbury also that's canterbury in terms of form canterbury I tell you, I've, I've had some of the best kits. A, somewhat, the, maybe the best kit in the world at the moment is the Argentina. Um, oh, Nike. Nike. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know that. Actually, that, that's yeah. it. That's the best kit. That. And, and, and the everything. Oh, they've got that the, is the best kit. They've got the white and blue one, and they've done a, like a dark blue yeah, one as well. The dark blue one's beautiful. Stunning. That absolutely is, stunning. That, that is the best kit in, in that's rugby. They're full cool. stop. Yeah, yeah. Does, yeah, their image and that Jaguares Nike jersey was pretty cool. Yeah. Do you like the Royal Air Force one with the F thirty five Lightning on it from last year? That is cool. It's mm. very cool, isn't it? Yeah, very, very cool. Mm, got some good jerseys in here. I, I'm, I feel I need more. I thought I had too many, and now I'm making them into sound panels. I don't think I have enough. I've got, I've got a load. I'm 
probably just going to get rid of a few of them if you want I've, some. I've, I chucked a few this way, didn't I? I there's a few. Yeah, yeah, you've, I've chucked even more this way. Yeah, I might do a clear out this week. So I had a clear out. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to need. I think I need another fifty to get this room full. Yeah, I can contribute definitely. Wonderful stuff. Uh, um, refereeing, because yeah. you mentioned the refereeing at the end of the um, Quinn's, Quinn's game. Did you see Wayne Barnes' red card Tolu Latu in the Stade Francais uh, Connacht game? Is this the swearing one? So yeah, this was, it was <laughs> a second story though. His second yellow card. Yeah. So Tolu Latu needlessly for first yellow flopping off his feet chicken wings hits I can't remember who it was hits one of the forwards in the ribs so needless no head contact it's a stupid decision by Tolly Latu it's a yellow card he then he's only been on 10 minutes maybe even less back on the pitch and he goes to try and steal jackal the ball goes off his feet and Wimbon pings him penalty and he shouts Something on the lines of, it's an effing joke. And then Wayne Barnes is starting to warn him about, um, look, if you say that again, and he immediately says, it's an effing disgrace. And so Wayne Barnes just goes from warning him to getting his second yellow card out of his pocket and he's walking. Yeah, I love that. I love that Wayne Barnes gave him the benefit of the doubt. An Australian speaking French. Well, so Wayne Barnes is then explaining to the captain who's... um, English speaking, it, it was off off camera, so I'm not sure who it was, but let's let's say it's Lau Mappy or it's one of the English speaking. It might be um, Tyler Gray, and the English speaking um, Kiwi or Aussie is trying to defend Tolu Latu, saying he's speaking French, but Wayne Barnes speaks French, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wayne Barnes also speaks English, and he's just very clearly in English said twice. It's an <laughs> effing joke. It's an effing disgrace. Yeah, Wayne says. He told me it was an effing joke and I thought he was speaking French. And then he said again, it's an effing joke. Yeah. I was like, oh no, he's getting a yellow card. Unlucky. Also, yeah. uh, as uh, Aaron has pointed out on an email to contact headchasers at gmail.com, 20 minutes into the match uh, at Stad, their number eight was on the ground and the ref mic picked up Wayne Barnes saying, I think he took a blow to the nads. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, nice, nice Wayne Barnes uh, impression there. Uh, the... the, the the way you do a Wayne Barnes impression is just by saying the word shoulder, but as shoulder. 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 Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. And also, we've had a bunch of emails on like the cool, the cool places that you've watched games of rugby, Six Nations matches, which we asked for last week. Uh, friend of the pod, Joe Riley, for example, from uh, if you want to hear about the school. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't say that. Huh? You're not say that because he doesn't go by that name on the pod. Oh, never mind. Joe Riley. Yeah, uh, we've, I think we've already outed him. Yeah, have outed him enough. Yeah, Joe Riley's <laughs> podcast. Uh, it, right in the schoolies podcast, you can hear about yeah. the uh, school upbringing of the three of us and, Which was many very, other, and many other interesting people. Very good fun to do with Joe. Uh, on my 30th birthday, my girlfriend had arranged uh, with my school, uh, brackets, I'm a teacher, uh, to get me a Monday off so we could go on a long weekend to Rome. She'd also booked tickets for the Italy-England match. Well, yeah, I mean, that would have been... He wants to go to Rome just for, uh, just for Rome. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, she's understandably now my wife. Uh, the night before the big game, after the usual tourism, we found ourselves in the O'Brien's pub. Classic, uh, with a bunch of Gloucester fans and Gareth Chilcott. I'd love to. Nice. Have I'd love to have beers with Cooch. Um, he was my. I actually wrote into. This is true. When I was a kid, I must have been about eight. I wrote into Jim will fix it. Wow! <laughs> I dodged a bullet there. Your, did your, you get a reply? Yeah, your life could have been very different. To, um, uh, you, why, why do you reckon you didn't get um, picked up? With, <laughs> did you include the pick? pick <laughs> just, just didn't fancy you. Uh, I sent in a letter saying uh, Jim will fix it. And my Jim will fix it request was to 
train with the Bath rugby team because my favourite player was Gareth Chilcott. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Uh, someone tweaked it was his birthday, um, so he rang in his 30th by talking on the big porcelain telephone and was assisted down the Spanish steps. That's a classic, per- perfect curtain raiser for Six Nations weekends. Mm. I can't wait till we can just travel around and go where we want without any faff. One day, one day. Maybe, maybe one day. Not, not going to Ooh. New Zealand anytime soon, though, are we? No, we are not. <laughs> no, <definitely> not. <laughs> Thank God. Um, so I might be going on tour, boys. Oh. On tour with uh, Bournemouth Rugby Club. Where, where Exciting. To, uh, to Southampton. With, with Matt and Dave. Portugal, yeah. I'm giving that one serious consideration. Does everyone know where it is? Where the tour is? No, they do, well, they do know. It depends. I mean, if Bournemouth li- li- listens to this, they will. They will know. But they've done it very sneakily. They've invited thirty-two special players, and then once they've signed up, they expand it. It's not just. A, it's not just a free for all, from what I understand. Nice. So yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That um, you know, most people for a holiday would like to go on a holiday. I've decided to go with a rugby team that I don't know. <laughs> but you've got Matt and Dave to look after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What more could you want? <coughs> good. Uh, we also got uh, you'll like this one as well and it will lead into the Exeter game um, George Trevor Harris email contacttedchasers at gmail.com uh, a screen grab of Sidmouth Rugby Club's 15 for the weekend just Uh-oh. gone it was uh, Sidmouth versus Old Pats from ah, Gloucester now. and the fly half was Philip Dolman correct dollars uh Philip, Phil Dolman, who once played a game with me. Oh, they were against me, so... Yeah, Dollars, who player. only, what, yeah. only a year and a half ago... Well, yeah, I mean, in the last year he's played with JB. That's the highlight yeah. of his career. He said only, me, only a year and a half ago he ran rings round semi round Randra. Yeah, he, he said to me I was far more difficult to play against <laughs> than semi round Randra. Because I don't make many mistakes, you see. Yeah, well, fewer, you knock on I mean, the ball I mean, less. Yeah, I make fewer mistakes than semi, therefore I was much more, much more a much more tricky opponent. Than, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Exeter... Um, Oh, we've already talked about that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Hand, got it handed to him a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it really was, did. It, it was it was physical. It was, it was a weird game because it kind of swung. You had obviously Simmons scoring a hat trick, which Don Brandt and, and Simmons both scoring hat tricks mm. two weeks before um, yeah. selection for Almost England. Almost like they're playing for something. Yeah, it's a nice bit of healthy competition there, isn't there? It really is. Um, yeah, it swung because you have Simmons try, then three Montpellier tries, then two extra tries, and then it was in a proper arm wrestle. It was a bit free flowing in the first half, and then an arm wrestle until that uh, Cobus Reiner intercept. Yeah, which he almost did it a few minutes earlier than that off the back of a scrum, almost got an intercept, and he's so dangerous because he's so fast and he reads the game so well on those intercepts. He just he's so yeah he's rapid, isn't he? Yeah. He, Exeter, I have been worried about them. I know you two are not worried about them. They sort of do lots of things well at different times and compartmentalised. So at some points they look a little bit like the Harlem Globetrotters. At other points they look like extra evolved. When they manage to stitch all of this together for 80 minutes, I think they are going to be a ferocious team again. And it feels like they're just on the verge. So those like those three tries, I just felt that... They, 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 they switched off. They switched off and then they got phys- physically dominated. And then they can turn it on again through Hogg and Noel and Slade and then they go to sleep again. Do you know one I think in terms of, I agree, their play is quite compartmentalised. They'll do bits well and bits not so well. One person who linked lots of things together and they, and they haven't been able to fill that gap, Nick White. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a good point, that, because he does play like a, well, more like a Petitio General. He play, he's a mm. ball-playing nine. Yeah, I, I always thought Nick White was a signing too far for Exeter. I thought they've got Maunder and Townsend at the time. Obviously, and Maunder. Yeah, Maunder yeah. and Maunder, yeah. Two Maunders now. And that he would take away from their playing time. Turns out he was exactly the right man to come in. Such a good player. Yeah, Absolutely he's such essential. a good player. But like, they got rid of Chudley, didn't they, a few years ago? I think he was a very nice player for them. He was, he, He's more of the straight up and down. You, you know exactly what you're going to get with Chudders. I, I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I like him. But he's not in the Nick White mould. No. He's not in the Danny Care mould. No, Nick White would be a lovely little addition for them, though. Mm. A lovely little if, addition. If you could afford him. I bet, I bet he's not like, that expensive. He's in Australia at the moment. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah, Wallabies money is important, but I think he could probably still... Still get some of it. Yeah, he played Wallabies when he was at Exeter. Everyone loves being at Exeter. The question is, how much does he love being in Australia? Maybe he's, maybe he's locked up in his house, because that's what all Australians are. <laughs> <laughs> um, what other games were there to talk about? We had... Uh, Ulster, let's, do you want to talk about the Ulster sale. game a little bit? Just, just Ulster, 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 yeah. Ulster, touch on Ulster. Let's, let's talk game. on Ulster, because... Hell Ulster, of a game. Ulster played for 60 minutes. They played brilliantly. Um, but there's something I'm worried about, and I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago after maybe the first Northampton game, which is they're, they're trying to be a bit Exeter. Uh, certainly in the pool stages, they've tried to be a bit Exeter. They consistently turn down three points and kick for the corner. Mm-hmm. Now, that's kind of understandable in the pool stages because bonus points are actually important to get you to the top of the, the yeah. pool, albeit they've got to the top of the pool or second in the pool and a lot of good that's done them. I just worry in games like this, and definitely in the knockout stages, kicking for the corner, if they continue that strategy, it'll bite them uh, in the backside. Mm-hmm. And it almost bit them in the backside in this game, because um, Claremont, in the first half, they just they didn't play particularly well, but they got penalties and they kicked sticks, and so they kept ticking the scoreboard over, whereas Ulster were only scoring tries. And... Also, twenty points up, twenty more than twenty points up, and conceded three late tries against a very dangerous Claremont team, and almost lost the game um, as a consequence of not not always having the scoreboard ticking over. So it it's just something to that also need to keep an eye. On. I'm, I'm having watched them all of this season. I'm fairly confident that it will be because of the pool system because they they've been gunning to get the most pool points and they will switch that strategy for the knockouts I just hope that they do that and don't whereas Exeter a few years ago they didn't switch that strategy they had the they will always kick to the corner yeah. pretty much no matter what uh, Mike, big week for Mike Lowry who got picked in the island squad another did try. he wear his hat no no did he not you no. reported into Nick Mellon's why, why, why this might be uh, I've not got my. Th- I'm not got. My I think it's because his hair looks really nice. At the it's gone. <laughs> he's let it grow out a bit. And it's curly. Interesting. Yeah, he's looking good. Um, yeah, but as as we said last week, Mike Lowry, Balakoon, and um, James Hume all making it into the Ireland squad, which is very good. It very is very exciting good. for those three. Let's just talk about Ireland for a second, actually. In, yeah. In more general terms, they've got a few Ulster players, but majority of their guys come from. Less uh, Leinster and Munster. Would you? Yeah, ma- majority Leinster. Uh, I think sixteen players from Leinster, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Have Leinster had a single hard game this season? Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's not even a joke. Yeah, they got beaten by Ulster. 
Yeah. So yeah, other than uh, inter Irish games, have they? Other than inter Irish games, they they played Benetton twice a year. That's that's normally a, a fairly yeah, tough game. Benetton, they've got. I mean, in the so the general thing with the Irish teams is when they play the inter Ireland stuff. I don't know if it's still the case, but usually player protection protocols kick in, so they'll have to rest certain guys, <laughs> which is nuts. But we are where we are. Fine. They then rest everyone. They come screaming into the European competitions and they oh, destroy yeah, everyone yeah, it's brilliant I mean, I, and that's fine I have no problem with that whatsoever because leagues are different, built in different, way, uh, different ways and the whole point of the competition is to test which, you know, which way is best that's fine I would be worried though if I was an Ireland fan because this Leinster team are rolling people over without, without breaking a sweat meanwhile you've got boys in the premiership who are fighting tooth and nail every week when they get into that England camp, and when they actually pull on the England jersey, they're going to be battle-hardened. Ireland looked alright in the autumn. They look great in the autumn. I think they're going to underperform. I think it'll be France, it'll be France, it'll be England, and then everyone else will be scrapping. I'd, I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland lose one to someone like Scotland, actually. I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland well, lose. Scot- I, I, Scotland I, I, are going to be... I wouldn't be surprised if, for any team to lose to Scotland. Scotland are a good, Scotland are are a good side, they've got a good squad. Yeah, in fact, they're all pretty good. Uh, everyone's pretty good. Except for Italy. Italy are not, not very good. Wales are missing a load of players. A load of their yeah. experienced guys who've done it time and time again. But that's them. good, I think, actually. I think for Wales, it's, this is the time you want to just move away from... I think it's good for them long-term, yeah. but there's going to be some short-term pain. I don't think it'll be bottom half of the Six Nations. I, I okay, don't... Put it on the whiteboard. I don't, actually. I don't a, do you not? I, I think I, Ireland were... They were probably the best-performing team in the autumns. They beat, I, beat New Zealand. They, who's got home games, though? That's the, that's the big That question. is always key. Who has to go where? Because yeah, England have got to go to France. I'm a big believer that you need to come into a game of rugby with lots of rugby underneath your belt. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't surprise me one bit if Leinster gets to the knockouts undercooked because everything's been so easy for them in Europe yeah. and then go out early. The knockouts, so obviously a good chunk of their squad will be playing in the Six Nations a, yeah. a month. That, that finishes, what, two, three weeks before the knockouts start? So they will have that rugby in them. Yes, there is that. Maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe they're going to use the internationals as a warm-up for the, for the knockouts. So Ireland, they've got three home fixtures, Ooh. but their two away fixtures are against oh. France and England. So that's a tougher, arguably it's a tougher... Um, variation for them, yeah. Do you think every five years they should redraw all the fixtures? Yeah. Because they are every, every, maybe, maybe even every year. Yeah, just randomly draw them. I'm sure there's some mathematician that could work out the the best and fairest way to do it. Yeah, because you, you, you need... Because teams have different strengths every year, so you need to almost rank them based on their world rugby standings, which is the fairest way of ranking them, um, or, or even their performance in the pre- preceding Six Nations, and then work out, make sure that you're not playing like this, you're not playing the top two ranked teams away in a year, which yeah. which arguably Ireland are this year. They're playing the two not, hardest fixtures yeah. away. So you play the yeah. first ranked team of the five that you're going to play against, but you, home, you, then away, home, But you couldn't away. redraw it every year because... If you went away one year, you've got to go home the next year. That's oh, the redraw it at two years. Yeah, two yeah. year intervals. Yeah, two yeah. year intervals. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be. yeah, two years would be perfect. Actually, yeah, that's spot on. Mm. 
Why, why, why aren't we in charge of administration of rugby? Uh, I mean, there are lots of reasons. Um, <laughs> we should be. We, we should be. be. We, really we definitely be. have some useful ideas occasionally. Yeah. Uh, as you say, Tim, you should pick people for what they can do, not what they can't do. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm confident about Ireland this year. I think, they, I think their game looked awesome. More um, fool in, you. In autumn. Well, we'll see. Well, we, we, we'll, we will see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll Len, see. <laughs> there was a lot of big, strong boys on show this weekend, and Nick Montgomery. I'm, I think this suggestion is actually something that JB might have come up with as well. So this, right. this could be a case of great minds thinking alike. This is Moose from Stamford, uh, who has contacted us, contacthedchasers at gmail.com. While watching the European matches this weekend, I always like looking at the pack weights. But as we know, the weight stats seem to be wildly uh, inaccurate. The weight bridge. Yeah. So how about as the teams come out to play, just as they run out the tunnel, the packs have to get weighed on a massive set of scales. Yep, the weight bridge. With the weight displayed on the stadium. Yes, you did say the weight bridge. Yeah. On the giant digital clock. And we all love a big, strong boy. And not only that, um, from what I can tell, rugby have not recently partnered up with their official scale partner. Not yet. I mean, it is a great opportunity for someone in heavy industry... Massively, yeah. yeah. The Ineos, love it, wouldn't you? The, the Ineos weight uh, uh, weight scales—that's right. Uh, or you know, uh, some precision te- technology, well, like a scrap scrap metal dealer, or a scrap metal dealer. I mean, there's so many people that could so, could provide. Players. Yeah, I, I think that would be a before, brilliant. You, you idea. could even do it before they run out. You sort of you look down the tunnel, and you've got this menacing eight gnarly blokes stood together, looking at the camera, backlit, silhouetted. And on the Waybridge, well, the number comes up, and then they run out. They just line up, don't they? Two Waybridges, right? Which are, un- which are underneath uh, each half of the. Do you like the way the football teams line up before they come out? Oh up? yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, the, the, the the pack always come out first. They stand on the way on the Waybridge, and then you have this like, little cartoony number which co- uh, comes up. Do you know when you hit um, the thing in the fairground? Yeah. The, <laughs> the number or the punching um, yeah, yeah, arcade yeah. machine. And also, it's 900 k- k- you can g- have a you can have a, a prediction thing that not something else to bet on. Yes, there's so many things. Yeah, and it's so cheap. This is an easy win for rugby. Of course, they won't do that because they're too busy with uh, you know forcing. Well, doesn't matter. Let's try <laughs> stuff. They're, but they're too well, busy doing hey, other listen, things. Hey, listen, listen. As I say, Wednesday, February the second. I'm not saying that will happen now, but if you if you get behind us and hey. help help us with this new venture. Maybe things like waybridges are things we can actually do. Hey, if you're capable of providing a waybridge for the second, is it the second of February? Yeah. Get in contact with me ASAP. I want a waybridge. You can get it to Chinna Rugby Club in it's Oxfordshire. Chinna, yeah, simple as that. Can can you do that? Yeah, yes or no? Of course you can. Of course you can. You could. You can make that happen. There's thousands of oh, you listening. And anyone, you must any, know how anyone in the vicinity of Chinna, by the way, in the in the Thames Valley or Oxfordshire or whatever, and you want to come to Chin a rugby club, watch a game of rugby on a Wednesday night. Come mm. hang out. Perfect. Come see us. Um, right. Do you know what? I want to talk about some games which are which have happened this, happened this weekend, uh, and are going to happen next weekend. I genuinely think if you want value for money, like true value for money, you want to go and you're in Preston. You have to be in Preston. Mm. Go watch Preston Blackburn ne- next is that, week. Um, is it Lightfoot Lane? Preston's ground. Is that right? I'm not sure. It's that, that's, that does sound right. Hmm. But uh, yeah, go to Preston. Oh Hoppers. my word! That is going to be some of the best rugby that you can see. Uh, and you, you know, you won't if you if you don't follow rugby, you won't know about these teams. They're both absolutely massive, both right at the top of the table. I think they're second and fourth. It's going to be a very very good game. Uh, also this week, Sedgley Park 
smashed them all. Got under who? Um, Sheffield Tigers. Sheffield. I think they nilled them actually. Yeah, forty nine nil. Uh, Port got a win against uh, Pen- Penrith by two points at home for only their fourth win of the season. I might add. Um, and who else? Who else won? Who else I, won? I can tell you one thing. Preston won uh, because um, because the Leicester game was cancelled. Yeah, I, w- I was in London on Friday night for the Quinns game, and then I suddenly had nothing to do on the Saturday. Um, my brother coaches at Richmond. Oh, they they won again, didn't they? And and I thought <coughs> oh, I could go to I could go to the Rag and watch a game. As it happened, I ended up just getting back home earlier, so I didn't. And I now I wish I'd watched the game because Richmond beat Bedford Blues twenty two nineteen. For the second time mm. of the season. With the evergreen Mark Bright. This what, is what, 40 years old or whatever. Older counting. than that. This is an astonishing, this is a genuinely astonishing story, which nobody seems to have picked up on. Did the press cover him the, the other day? I'm not sure. I'm sure I'm he might have made an appearance in, in maybe the Times or something. Yeah. Mark Bright has been one of the leading players, maybe in all of England, for the past 20 years. <laughs> maybe because he came across, uh, maybe not quite He's 20 years. Is it, isn't he? Yeah. But he played England sevens, yeah. At age thirty-five, it's an astonishing story. And I th- is he top try scorer in the league? The he, yeah, he's he w- always right up there as one That's of the top amazing. try scorers. And nobody took a chance on him to get him get him to the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I think I think I think probably genuinely, people thought he was too old. I remember playing against Mark Bright when he was at Red Ruth about eight or nine years ago, and he was. Well, he was old then. <laughs> yeah. He was like mid thirties then. <laughs> I think he's got younger since, though. Yeah, he's definitely getting younger. Yeah, I saw some pictures of him uh, in his rich in his Richmond uniform, uh, and he, he, he looks great. He's forty three. Yeah. Yes, I've got ages to go. He's forty three, and he's still tearing it up. No, well, still top scorer. Oh yeah, it's not starting, is it? It's not. He's just good enough to start at Richmond. He is top top try scorer in, play, in the league. Top try scorer in the league. And they've played uh, two, two or three games fewer than other clubs, and he plays every week. I know. We don't don't stop playing. If you stop playing, you'll never start again. Isn't that right, Phil? Um, I occasionally get, uh, get a, dust the boots off. It's broadly speaking, correct. And middle, but yes, and it his is correct. His middle name is Roy. I love it. Roy, <laughs> Mark, Mark Roy, Mark Roy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an absolutely astonishing story. It is an amazing long story. May, long may that, so, long may that continue. Someone cover that story. In fact, let's if we. Support us on Wednesday, February the second, and maybe Richmond can be our next stop, uh, mm. and we can do. Do we a know whole, anyone there? We can do, do a whole anyone? Mark Bright thing. Yeah, do we know anyone who can get uh, us access might, to Mark Bright? Might have a couple of contacts. Yeah. Richmond. Yeah. I wish yeah. I'd gone to that game now. Yeah, you should have. That's annoying. See, learn. You learn, Tim. Yeah, yeah, when he was when he played for England sevens, it was twenty fourteen. So he was uh, thirty six. Wow! But he only he only started playing. Uh, for Red Ruth in 2006, according to his Wikipedia page, if this is correct, um, at which time he was he was 28 then, and played five years there. So by the time he got to London Scottish, he was already 33. By Jeez. the time he started playing for London Scottish, and that was 11 years ago. What's that, Phil? Oh, I thought you asked what happened in the ADM Premiership this, uh, <laughs> this weekend. Jamie, what, what happened in the ADM Premiership, Phil? Do you know? Uh, I don't know, but I'm sure someone might JP, know. What happened to the ADM someone Premiership? with enormous feet yeah. um, um, unsheathed on this table. Well, there's no camera <laughs> on, so we're safe. Uh, unbelievably, Widnes lost. Did they? Widnes lost to Liverpool St. Helens. No way. Yeah, which means that this we talk H, well, we've been given, well, given a lifeline because we missed out on a bonus point 
last last week. Yeah. Well, not a lifeline. With some breathing some space. Br- yeah, yeah. I am amazed. You got some floats. So, did you get a walkover this weekend? Yeah, because Burnley pulled out the league. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that's, a shame. that's that. I tell you something, something else about um, rugby at the moment. There are certain teams in certain leagues that need to get relegated. Um, and of course, relegation promotion has been scrapped for the whole season, just so mm. everyone can get back on the treadmill and get used to things. But the teams that are now back up and running properly, fully firing, are annihilating. Certain teams oh. who have not fully. Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned that game before, didn't I? Preston um, Blackburn. Yeah. Um, those are two very, very good, very, very good sides. But at the bottom of that league, you can just see there are sides who are just they're nowhere near the level that needs to be. Mm. Uh, like, and I think Nantwich got absolutely battered this week. Kirby Lonsdale have had a miserable season considering what a, what a good club the, the club that they are. There's about four, three or four of them at the bottom. You think it's not helping them. And then, again next and year the, yeah, they've got the same thing to, look forward, thing to. to look forward yeah. to next year. I'm just looking at your third and fourth in your in your league. That if I was in the if I lived in Liverpool, going to see Liverpool Collegiate versus Liverpool St Helens, that'd be, mm. that'd be cool. Well, so Collegiate have always been a slightly smaller club. No disrespect to, to, to Collegiate, but they always have. Liverpool St Helens are a massive historic club, yeah. aren't they? So you got um, them. You have got West Park St Helens. You've got Widnes who are Widnes just kind of, up the road. Yeah. So, you know, there's, a, there's an awful lot going on. I mean, ultimately, you'd say LSH or a club of a stature that should be mixing it with the likes of Coldy. And, you know, they, they, are, they are a true historic club. Well, just while we're on this, we had an email from Freddie Rand who says, could you just give a shout out to Reading-based rugby club Shire Hall? Can we? Yes, we can. Yes, we absolutely can. They're looking for new players to join the team for the remainder of the season and beyond. Uh, they're a one-team team. Like Albion? Yeah. yeah, just like Albion, and a social lot who love their rugby and everything else that comes with it. Sounds like a good bunch. They they train one day a week on Tuesdays at the Berkshire County Sports Ground in Sonning. I actually know it well. Sonning, yeah, it's just Sonning's just, a, a beautiful little town. It's just it's um, a gorgeous little town actually, just outside Reading. Yeah, yeah. Uh, COVID has really impacted our team numbers, uh, as it seems to have done with the entire country. But being sandwiched between Reading Rams, Reading Rugby Club, and Reading Abbey. All within five miles, we struggled to stand out. So yeah, if you uh, they sound like exactly the kind of club where if you've stopped playing and you're thinking, oh, Mark Bright's forty three, maybe I've still got a couple of years mm. in me. No, no. Get between, to Shire Hall between Mark Bright and Tom Brady. They're responsible for more injured dads <laughs> than uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So, what's going on with Brady? Do you want me to oh, just no. check? Yeah. Uh, come on, Come on, Brady. It's over, isn't it? NFL. Come on, come on, come on, come on. 27-13, fourth quarter, uh, bucks of the ball. No. 12, 12 minutes. Don't 12 write minutes. off Brady. Mm. Don't write off Brady. Only a fool would do that. You're not a fool. Gronk's not fit and he doesn't have his main wide receiver. As if it matters. As if it matters. He'll, he'll make new ones. What's the, what's the game later? Bill's Chiefs. That'll be good. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. All I'm uh, interested in Brady winning. <laughs> I wanted it to be Brady v Rogers. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, right, if, we, if we're getting on to that, are we done? I think we're all done. Uh, next week's games? Fixtures next week. Let me go. So we're back to Premiership, aren't we? No, oh, we didn't talk, talk about the sale game. Oh, yeah, what do you want to say about sale? It's not It's not good Good over there, there is it? Did you, what, did, did, did you see him play? No. I saw the... Who scored it? Kurt, uh, Reed, Aaron Reed try and the Curtis, uh, not Curtis, Roebuck tries. Uh, the Reed try, which was the 
um, loose head prop. Yeah, they um, panned Ospreys. They knew they were going. They knew they were going through. They panned an Ospreys team that, that didn't bring their big guns. They didn't bring anyone. Yeah, well, exactly. So it's it's hard to judge Sale on that. But there's things, you know, there's t- like the pre-match. It's been a tough week or so for Sale. Yeah, full stop. I think you can see the stress sort of coming through a bit. I really do. Like the pre-match interview, I thought Sanderson for the first time ever just he just seemed dis- like distracted, uh, which is odd. He just didn't see him, see himself, and I guess. When you're dealing with a situation of the magnitude that they are, it's going to be difficult to keep yeah, fully he, focused. Yeah, he may also be. Um, I'm just thinking, uh, getting myself, if imagining I was interviewing him, I would interview him and I, I wouldn't ask about anything. I would only ask about match related no, stuff. That's all they did, to be fair. Yeah, of course, of course. But equally, I would imagine you walk in front of the camera thinking. Here I, we go. I wonder if there's going to be a banana skin. He would give it. They usually give a heads up. Well, you don't have to, do you? No, no, but yeah, but you uh, you would. Yeah. You, you would, but nevertheless, going out in front of a camera it, it, with the backdrop of certain things, you could imagine him being a little bit nervous, yeah. more nervous than he normally might. They be. are, you can tell, they are desperate for Faf and Manu to come back. Yeah, they just really want those guys, as you would. Their details seem off to me. They they don't seem to be playing good rugby. They they have a lot of ideas about what they want to do and what they want to be. A, it requires a lot of effort. So if they're off their game by, say, 5%, uh, their main strategy goes out the window. And then you look at things like the line-out and they overthrow it. And you know, thing, I think they're also struggling to get these young lads in and for them to fulfil their potential quite as much as we thought they were going to do. We thought, we thought, they thought, um, mm. that this is going to be like some sort of golden generation. And it's not, they're just not quite clicking yet. So Bevan Rod's obviously quite... Very, very it's a lot good. easier to come into a team in a back line, for yeah. example, when you've got Manu and Faf and... I tell you who is good, though. Guys like I tell that. who's legitimately really, really good. And I hadn't noticed it until the last, last couple of games. Everyone says Ewan Ashman's good. He's actually turning into one hell of a player at the moment. He is playing some outstanding rugby. Was he the one who got told he could be uh, 50 cap international? 50 caps for England, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> well, he's, he's one, try, one game, one try for Scotland. Do you know, and what thought, a try it was yeah. in the corner. It's also me, you're guaranteed 50 caps for England. I would strike a deal, right? Pay me up front for 50, I'll, pay, I'll play as many as you want. Yeah, Do you I'll, think anyone actually you, said you guaranteed me, 50 caps up, for England? Yeah, yeah, you can pay me up front in today's money yeah 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 and then and then you might and then <laughs> if you're confident you'll you'll be reaping the rewards because if I get more than 50 caps yes. then it's, that money's yours you know what give it me in an annuity you know, <laughs> I, you know, I don't even want it in you know, I don't even want it in, like inflation proofed that'd be, it'd be great so if you think I'm worth 50 caps you're saying give up Scotland now give me my 50 cap money now and uh, I'll play as many games fact, as you want. 50 caps. How old is he? He must be like <laughs> early 20s. You go, actually, 21, 20. yeah. Give, give it to me as an annu- in, the, in effectively like an annual salary. Perfect. Oh. For the next 50 years. Yeah. One a year. And then like his 18 grand England money or whatever it is now with the yeah, 50, 25% fifty caps. Drop. 50 caps is best part of a million pounds. Yeah, so 18 grand, 18 grand match fee. Plus the state pension of what's that? like twelve yeah. grand. It's thirty grand salary it's for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> it works well for him because obviously you know the tax situation is cool. Uh, because when he stops playing rugby, he'll then have more of his personal his personal allowance to use. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so the sort of an element of income smoothing. England get a world class hooker, according to them. By the way, <laughs> not according to him. According to them, they get a world class hooker, and they get to deprive Scotland of a world class hooker. According to them, win-win. You don't even have to pick him. 
So why did he go to Scotland then? I don't know. Well, they they didn't come forward forward with the. Well, they, they, said, they, they didn't said, offer him a million pounds. They, they said he's a hundred cap hooker. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's got, <laughs> and that, and he's got that money. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to find out who his agent is and find out why they didn't ask ask for that deal. Yeah, that's great. Fixtures, <coughs> fixtures this weekend. <coughs> Friday night um, at the Wreck. We've got Bath hosting Quins. We might have to change. The- <laughs> Just for the rest of the season, maybe they'll have to change the name of put a W and at the start and a K and a K at the end <laughs> of the re- at the wreck. It is a wreck at the moment. Uh, uh, sorry, Bath against Bath Quins. Bath Quins. Quin- uh, so England players won't be playing, right? But other internationals would be available. So, uh, Hoggy, for example, yeah, may well be playing if Exeter decide to do so. Okay, and bigger and uh, Chris Harris and still think Quins will so yeah, in this, it's um, gonna be tough for Quinns though. Quinns missing, missing some key some guys. Big big players. Yeah, missing Don Brandt fresh off his hat trick. Uh, missing Bath, Smith. Bath could do that. Missing Northmore. Missing um, Marchant. Close. Missing Marler. Close, but Quinns. Yeah, give me Quinns. Quinns are in such a positive mood, and Bath are in they're such still, a negative still mood. Still got Esther Hazen. Yeah, they still got Esther. They still and got Tyrone Danny Hare, Tyrone Green, Louis Liner. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. Nick David. They'll be yeah. fine. Next yes. one. You go to uh, Queens as well, JB. 100%. Saturday, 3 3 o'clock kickoffs. We have Irish host Chiefs. Hmm. No England players, but maybe. Gimme give give me Irish at home. Yeah, I think that's not a bad shout. Irish who are losing Albert Tuasui to Gloucester, yeah. but, but have been linked with Nathan Hughes. Nathan Hughes, who played for Hartbreath mm. this week. But with, also, with, and he's on loan for the rest of the season. Yeah, with a few others. There was a few other... Mitch Eady. Mitch yeah. Eady Ollie and Robinson. Ollie Robinson from Cardiff. That's a hell of a back row. Now, yeah. Ollie Robinson's just been lending... And Diogo Bailey from Bath, young winger. Right, there so, as well, I think. But, uh, so Robinson's just been le- loaned out to Tigers. So he's gone from Tigers, yeah. then immediately out on loan to wherever he's gone. Hartbreath to get him. The thing is, London Scottish had Nathan Hughes on loan until about five minutes ago. So, originally, Nathan Hughes was due to line up against Hartbury, and then, for some reason, something happened. I don't know, don't know what happened, but something happened. Mm. But, anyway, he's, he ended up at Hartbury for the rest of this season, and potentially London Irish next season. Or, Bath, apparently, are interested in, in him as well. Well, well, well. Which would... I don't think I'd stop laughing for days. <laughs> days and days and days of laughter would uh, ensue after that. I also think Bath are probably going to be keeping Jonathan Joseph and Anthony Watson. And they might be getting uh, Damien Dialande. Really? Yeah, my grand says he wants him. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Wants him. yeah. yeah. who doesn't want wow. him? News. <laughs> but, but in an Esther Hayes and outside Marcus Smith kind of thing, and equally with Danny Kerr inside him, having... Um, ben Spencer inside and Diolande outside Orlando Bailey. Nice. So yeah. this to me is alarm bells sounding, okay? Because if you are a new coach coming into a squad, you should accept that job based on what the squad is you have. I think it's profoundly unhealthy when a coach says, I want to take XYZ player with me. Taking players with you does... You can't do that anymore. Well, Toby <laughs> Booth going to Bath. What? Took all those London Irish guys with him. 
Yeah. yeah. Come on, Jonathan Joseph. Come on, Anthony Watson. Come on. Um, yeah, that is true. But I mean, that is in, that. But the reason that you could do that is because it was a very loose salary cap, and no one's spending up to it. But now everyone is. So you can't just say, I want Diolande. This is bad recruiting policy. Particularly when, what are you going to do? Ship out Max Ajomo? What about Cam Redpath? What about you know the numerous other talented youngsters that they have there? Mm. So I just don't like it. I think it's a silly way well, to sort your career. If you were going out Jonathan Joseph and in D- Damien Diolande... That like, makes more sense. That is... like Max, again, mm. what could be better for Orlando Bailey... And Max Ajomo to be either side of Damien Diolande. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. But Max Ajomo is it on. Give, it gives the team an identity and a direction. And it would it would just be a, 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 in the Marcus Smith with Andre Esterhazen. What a foil is, that man is. How do they... So, say if they got rid of Ajomo. Right. They won't get rid of a Jomo. Well, not a chance. So it's got to go. No, well, they, not, well hit that, not, yeah, that will not be it. Well, Jonathan Joseph will be. Of all goes. the of all the yeah. crazy things, Bath is one club that might do something that crazy. But even they're not that crazy. Yeah, there's so, no way they should get rid I mean, of a Jomo. No of, way on earth. If they could get rid of Joseph, Watson, Cock and a Singer, Falatau, Falatau. This would be a great start to that season. That this would, would be a mega start to, to, to the off season. You would get rid of. You get rid of, I don't know, twenty five percent, thirty percent of their salary cap would instantly free up yeah. for players that don't actually play. Oh, imagine, imagine what they could do with that money. Mm. Bring in Diolande. Well, I'd instantly give pay rises to all those kids that have actually been good. <laughs> I'd give a pay rise to uh, De Glanville, Bailey, yeah, uh, Ajomo, the, the uh, Bayless, Muir. Bayless, yeah, Muir. Will Muir. The, yeah. That's the first thing you do is you get. At least some of that, some of that money, and you lengthen the contract of all the good young lads. Get Orlando Bailey on a seven plus one, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what they need to do. Do not waste it all uh, on players that you bring in. But a player like Diolande, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, can, yeah, you yeah. can build a whole backline yeah. around him. I mean, yeah. if it's a player, sure, and you've lost, a, yeah, fine. Yeah. You know. do, you, do you, one of the good coaches, and he can be bring... the marquee as well. He can, he can. He, yeah, he yeah. yeah. One of the good coaches to bring a player with him is always Mike Ford. Employ Mike Ford. Uh, get, get George. Well, you get you get two players. Yeah. One one's really good. One's not so well, good. You could get a coach, a player coach now as well. You could get like that, a because Joe, 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 Joe Ford's a player coach at Doncaster, is it? Is it? Yeah. Stop he there. Uh, our disc space has run out. I think. Oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. When, right. did it, when did it run out? I don't know, but it seems to still be recording. Uh, <laughs> but that means you've got nowhere to... S- we'll keep recording and then we'll ho- just hope we have somewhere to save it. Let's let's wrap it up anyway. F- fixtures. Fixtures. Last few fixtures. Uh, yeah, we're good. Keep going. Falcons, Gloucester. Gloucester. Oh, Gloucester. Uh, Gloucester. Yeah, well, Gloucester away. Yeah, Gloucester. Yeah. Gloucester have been so impressive this season. Uh, Worcester against Northampton. Northampton. Worcester. Worcester. Worcester, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worcester lose nobody. Yeah. Uh, have I dreamt this? That's Northampton lose big courts. Sorry, have I dreamt this? Or was L- Steve Ludlow. Diamond getting a promotion there? Uh, what, to owner? I've not I've not heard anything. I think he's about to become the DOR. Solomon's out. I think that is what's happening. I've not I've not read I that. Maybe anyway. I've dreamt that. You... I, I mean, I, that is it's quite possibly a thing I could dream. You do often dream about Steve Diamond. Well, uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, let me come back to you if, if that's true. I'm not sure if it is. Maybe, maybe okay. It is. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you'll have a development on that next week. Yeah. 
Okay. And if it is true, we'll do, what, half an hour? Yeah. At least. Easily. Yeah, half an hour. Uh, then on Sunday, two, three o'clock, we've got Sale hosting Leicester. Ooh. Sale hosting Leicester? Yeah. Leicester. Leicester will grind it out. No. Although George Ford might not be available for them. No Genge, no Ford, potentially. Yeah. Burns. No, no Chasm. Burns steps oh, in. Oh, God. Uh, Tom no. Curry will be available for t- uh, for sale, though. Tom Curry? But Bevanrod won't. Uh, Tom Curry's been released. Has he? Yeah, to play for sale next week. Next week? Yep, according to Sanderson. Really? He also thinks that he's going to win the European Cup, which is, yeah, <laughs> possible. Um, um, yeah, no, Well, no quirk, or he might get released. No youngs, uh, but gonna, that makes Leicester stronger. Oh, but Leicester keep... They find ways to win. Uh, but Leicester, I'll, give me Tigers. We'll grind it out by three points. Yeah, Leicester's set piece, I think, is going to be too much for sales handle. And less sales set piece improves I'm gonna say, drastically. I'm going to say no no George Ford, sales sneak it. Mm. George Ford or not? First defeat of the season for, for Leicester. No, not first Tigers defeat of the season. Sec- I, second it, defeat. When is this? Yeah. Is it Saturday? Second. Is it at home? Sunday afternoon. I'm going to go and watch this one. Three o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I'm gone. I'm there. And then the other the other Sunday game is Wasps hosting Saracens, which Saracens Saracens big time. Yes, agreed. Well done, well done, everyone. Good job. Hopefully that saves and you get to hear this podcast. Right, Wednesday the second of February. I'll remind you next week. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com, patreon.com forward slash eggchasers to support us. He's at JB Moore on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast. You can email contact eggchasers at gmail.com and let the boys play. Let the boys play. So. 